So where did all this energy and space come from? The answer was found after decades of work by scientists. Space and energy was spontaneously created in an event we now call the Big Bang. At the moment of the Big Bang, an entire universe full of energy came into existence. And with it, space. It all inflated, just like a balloon being blown up. So where did all this energy and space come from? How does an entire universe full of energy, the awesome vastness of space, and everything in it simply appear out of nothing? The sun, this is where God comes back into the picture. give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give you the future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!
Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. The link is made to the public, so if anyone would like to come in and talk, here I am. What have I been doing lately? A lot of family stuff, but on the entertainment value, been watching a couple films and also been spending a lot of time trying to find redeeming value in the game Starfield. Oh, uh, happy about some things, unhappy about others whenever it comes to that. So there was a popular atheist who said they wanted to come in and chat with me. And we'll see if that actually happens. I'll give it about 15 minutes. And also, there is a really, really popular scientist on YouTube, claims to be a scientist, who does a lot of research and uh, says that he wants to be able to do an interview. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if we get something like that happening. And I do like the idea of being able to actually talk to professionals I like to be able to talk to intellectuals and see what happens there. So, yep, we'll see. We'll see. So, how is everybody doing out there? Hopefully, you guys can hear me. It shows that my microphone is working. Am I coming through clear for you all? If so, type 1. If you don't mind, let me know that I'm coming through good. Let's see. Yep, shows that my microphone's working just fine. No echo, no nonsense. Hmm. Well, come on, folks. I didn't go live so I could sit here and talk to myself. If that atheist is out there that wanted to have a conversation, now is your opportunity to talk to me one-on-one -on -one or whoever decides to actually join. We'll see how that goes. What is the deal with that? Let me take that down so that doesn't get in the way of my whole GOG TV radio thing. There we go. That's better. That is much better. All right. So I've been, uh, I guess, while I'm waiting for these people to show up, if they're actually going to show, you know how atheists are and not really good at keeping their word. I've been uh, really interested in checking out a movie lately that people have been telling me about called Nefarious. It's pretty cool. Uh, according to the trailer, it's about a detective who's basically trying to find out if a little stump in the earth, you want to come in and chat? I put the link out there for people if they want to come in. I'm just kind of shooting the breeze right now and talking about some of my interests and things that I've been looking into and talking about there's a link if you want to join i got an interesting topic you might enjoy mr stump if you can make it so while i'm waiting for people to show up i guess i'll get back into what i was talking about so there's a movie out now called nefarious which is about a man who uh, like a psychiatrist who's supposed to go into a prison and find out if this man who's about to be basically suffer the death penalty, if he's actually insane or not. And there's a conversation between him and a person who is uh, physically known as a serial killer, but is claiming to be demonically possessed. I think that's going to be fascinating. The trailer kind of 
throws off a silence of the lambs exorcist kind of vibe to it so oh mr stump says he's gonna show up he's gonna come in well that'll be an interesting discussion oh boy well besides spending time with family and uh, playing video games, watching movies, and eating goodies and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, a lot of people out there have been noticing that we've been having some problems with Israel and Gaza and all this kind of stuff. It's interesting because just recently, Joe Biden went down to offer support to Israel. And then recently, without asking the American people, he handed over $100 million to Gaza. And then, of course, I was watching another flick where Putin, Russia's leader, Russia's president, basically offered to have a sit-down, drink tea with um, Mr. Uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, Joe Biden could barely stay awake during his conversation with the Israel leader, but was quick and fast whenever it came to sending $100 million of taxpayer money over to uh, Gaza. I just don't know, folks. You know, I made a video recently where I was talking about my views about the war and about Israel and, and Gaza and all that, and about our issues with China and Russia, and then... I was thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to find ourselves in another war. Our soldiers are going to get sent out, our sons and daughters and all that. But it appears as though that's already been done without me even being told. I was a little bit late to the party because they've already got battleships out there and all kinds of other junk going on. We're really, really spreading our military thin. You know, a lot of people, they get on to conservatives because they say conservatives are really big into military structure and, and updating our equipment and all that. And Democrats are like, no, we should put our money into, you know, something like, uh, <laughs> you know, the stupid stuff that we got going on in political agendas and culture. And now here we are faced with a bunch of countries who are angry at us and we're giving away our money and spreading our military out while at the same time we're having a lot of people come into our country. And of course, since we've defunded the police and we don't seem to want any kind of border security, about anybody can get in, right? Anybody. And hopefully they don't have nefarious intentions, right? Well, hurry up, Mr. Stump. What's taking you so long? I've been sitting here for over 15 minutes now. What's the uh, deal? Why aren't you in here already having a conversation with me? Well, it's about time. Oh, check it out. That looks a lot like my intro that I had going on. Let me put you on the screen there. Well, how you doing there, fella? I'm very good. How are you, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I was just talking a little bit about this whole... Uh, Biden going down and talking to Israel, and then the right. very next day sending a hundred million dollars over to Gaza. How do you feel about that? I've been noticing a lot of Christians wanting to jump out windows. They think that this is basically the end times. What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of people see Israel as an end time marketer, right? A carnal Israel where uh, flesh and blood counts. Uh, 
I'm on the side that says that uh, it's now spiritual Israel. It's moved from the carnal to the spiritual nature where you're a believer like you and I, right? We're part of Israel. We've been grafted in. And this is the true Israel, which is the spiritual Israel. Because uh, if you probably heard my beliefs before, I don't believe the carnal prophets nothing. In fact, Scripture says, right, the, uh, the spirit is what quickens or lives. That's King James Version. The spirit lives and it's the uh, flesh prophets nothing, right? So, I mean, if we look at that script alone, we don't look for carnal Israel uh, uh, to mean anything, but you know, a lot of people hold it in Christianity and uh, in other religions as well. I think the Muslims that uh, Israel is like a marker for the uh, end times, and, and you know, a lot of people believe other things are uh, important to the end times: the uh, lawlessness, the one world type government coming together, the currency going digital. You know, all them things are adding up, and it looks it looks pretty much like a it's a marker for the end times. So we'll see what happens. So you are feeling the vibe that something rough is going on here. I've been noticing a lot of people. I've even surprisingly noticed that there's some uh, non-believers who had claimed to be former Christians at one time who were starting to get a little nervous about this. So it's interesting. I've been noticing people actually coming back to the faith. It's interesting. Well, yeah, that's your only hope, right? If the Bible's true, <laughs> your only hope is to trust in Jesus Christ. There's no other hope. There's no hope in man. Because the man is the problem, right? It's, it's the battle between the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. And if you're on the carnal mind side, you know, you're a non-believer. Uh, you're pretty much in trouble. You know, I, that's what I believe. So this, uh, I don't know how long you've been doing this setup and everything, but it's really nice. I'm used to talking to a thumbnail, but now you well, got the planet behind you. It looks real good. And yeah, right. Well, you're doing it. Good job. Yeah, a, that was the, uh, a Bible study I was trying to, uh, trying to start up where, you know, the way I stay in a spiritual mind is uh, is to stay in scripture, right? That's how you stay in a spiritual mind. When you've got God's word on your mind 24 hours a day, there's no room for the carnal mind. There's no room for Satan and all the rest of that crazy stuff, lust, and all the stuff that's uh, very destructive to a man's life. So I'm trying to do that, you know. So and I'm trying to, like, share that with my brothers and have a study online in the Proverbs Guys uh, channel and try to do as much as I can. Wherever it feels like it, I'll just jump on. You know, if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll jump on. If somebody's listening, if not. I'll be faithful. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. I've noticed that you pointed out the concept of lust, and that's definitely a very serious problem in society. Uh, if you were in front of like a bunch of young adults, uh, what would you be able to suggest with them? Because you know, at a certain age, the hormones are controlling the brain and people are acting ridiculous. Yeah. How would you tell people about going about uh, keeping their willpower? Well, first off, you got to become a Christian, right? Because if you're not a, a believer in Jesus Christ, and it's all that lust and everything is okay. But see, um, Scripture says that the corruption came into the world through lust. It was what bring corruption, these corrupted bodies in this corrupted world we see now, came through lust. That that is, it, I'm thinking it's coming at that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Like there was a tree of life, there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. And this, of course, this is, I believe it's allegory. I don't believe it was actual you know, trees of life and trees of knowledge of good and evil. But the tree of life is like God's word, right? You got, you got to, that's your life, right? That's your spiritual battle. Like I said, I, I think the battle is the carnal mind against the spiritual mind. So I, I would encourage young people to get into scripture. Uh, you know, of course, they have to believe first. But you can't clean nobody up until they believe first. Like they say, you don't catch the fish and then, then you clean them, right? You don't clean them first, then catch them. So that's what you got to do. And, and I believe, I believe the Bible. I believe God. And so that would be always my, uh, my way out of all this corruption. I mean, think about it, uh, Brett. We're in bondage in these bodies, right? There's things we must do. If we don't do them, we die. We have to sleep, eat, even things like defecate and urinate. 
you got to do this. This is bondage. This is bondage. And we brought in this bondage ourselves. And, and the way to escape bondage is right, is through the the spiritual mind. I mean, you, you won't escape it until you die, but uh, you know, that's the only way to escape it. So you said you've been doing some Bible studies lately. What kind of what kind of issues you've been getting into? Um the last couple of ones around the book of Romans. Uh they were just uh <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Romans uh one uh chapter one we started on two, three, and I think uh, that's where we ended up so far. Uh probably just do four, five, and six. So I'm I'm talking about the spiritual mind Bible studies, right? It's just to keep you in God's word, keep your mind focused on his word and stay out that carnal mind. Because you know, we all have carnal minds, we're we're flesh and blood, and, and we know what carnal minds do, right? What they make us think about things that we uh probably shouldn't as Christians be thinking about lustful things, uh, uh, coveting things, you know, wanting something your neighbor has more money, more money, more money. You heard that one before, I'm sure. I hear you there. I wouldn't mind hearing some advice from you, some kind of spiritual suggestions on this. Just recently, as you probably heard from my videos, I'm not close with a whole lot of my family members. But my father just recently discovered that uh, one of his sisters has actually gotten married to a woman. And mm. she actually showed up without like telling a whole bunch of stuff, brought his her woman into the uh, into his house. And then yeah. then he was, believe it or not, his my father's mother still alive, my grandmother. And she came in, seen it and then walked right out along with a bunch of my family members. And uh, how would you react to that? I mean, what, thing. You, how do you think people should behave with that? Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta tell them the truth, right? I mean, if you're are they Christians? Is that why they walked out, or just don't they just don't agree with it? Uh, you know, that lifestyle. Well, it's that, but also a lot of my family members on my dad's side are very religious <laughs> and all that, and they just they didn't want any kind of part of that. But on the other hand, even though I felt like it was an awkward deal. Yeah. Um, a lot of information wasn't put out there. It was like no one was actually told. It was just kind of a big surprise for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, it's a, it's a tough subject because we've all been, no matter what, we're religious, Christians, whatever, we've all had, uh, you know, our own things that we uh, dwelt in that we shouldn't have been dwelling in. Uh, so, but I, I believe you got to tell people the truth. You know, you got to tell them the truth because if you love them, you're going to tell them that that lifestyle is not godly. It's not going to lead you to where you want to be in the end. So I believe in telling the truth. And, uh, and I don't agree with uh, encouraging that. Uh, you know, I don't know. Would I walk out? I, I don't know. I, I would probably talk to him, you know, pull him to the side maybe and talk to him privately or something. That that would be my advice. Because uh, after all, like I said, we've all been in things that anybody could walk in, right? About I, I could have been a fornicator and and maybe my mom's wasn't approving of it. And if she walked out on me because she saw me with a girlfriend that shouldn't have been with or something. Uh, I don't know. That one, I don't think that went over well. But if she would pull me to the side and say, hey, uh, Pat, uh, you know, this is not what you should be doing. I know you're a young man. you got hormones raging and all that. But this is not how God wants you to live, you know, and, and point out scripture or something to me like that. That's how I would appreciate that more myself. So. That's how I would approach things, you know. Well, that, we, that's the catch, though, Mr. Stump. The, the issue is is it's not a relationship that's just been going on for a little bit. Apparently, from what we discovered, she's been married for a little bit. But the family ain't close, so information wasn't given. There wasn't no buildup to it. It was just like, voila, here it is, you know, boom, deal with it kind of thing. So somebody's already married, 
you know, with a person that's of the same gender. Yeah. What do you do? And you have to realize, too, that it's not like this woman didn't grow up in a religious family herself. So she already knows uh, all the rules and all that and all the things about the Bible being against it. But apparently she went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's a tough thing. Like I said, uh, uh, I have a friend that was uh, uh, a believer, yet they were seeing a, a married man, right? They were uh, like fornicating with a married man and, and basically almost living with him. Uh, I had to tell him the truth. You know, I had to, I had to come up with the truth and say, look, I know you think maybe uh, this is okay because maybe you had other religious people that told you it was okay. Uh, let's read the Bible together. You know, let's look at the scripture I'm going to point out for you. Where it's not okay to, to fornicate. It's not okay to to lay with a married man, you know, uh, but because, you know, there's emotions involved too, you know, with that type of thing. It's not just lust, just like if you're saying they're married, I'm sure there's like emotional attachment as well. It's a, it's a tough subject to, uh, to deal with. That's why this carnal world is a tough thing. You know, we're called to be spiritual minded, to live spiritually and, and not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit as believers. Uh, so it's, it's a tough thing. I mean, it, it, it it's never going to be easy, like, you know, tell them that, oh, yeah, I see, that says that, you know, First uh, Corinthians, you're right, uh, I got to get rid of her. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to be a battle. You know, as you say, we fl we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? The scripture says this. So there's a war. It's a war. It's a spiritual war, and it's not. It's going to be casualties, unfortunately. But you would try to do things right because you love them. You don't want to send, see them going on a path you believe is to hell. Now, that's true love, right, to try to stop them from going there, not just pat them on the back because you want them to feel good. And that's a tough thing. You know, that's a good point. Good point. So has uh, for you, uh, how do you feel about the whole uh, Israel Gaza thing? Obviously, you feel like it's a, a marker, but I mean, it's not just that, though. We've got a I, I don't know if you feel the same way as I do, but mm -hmm. I don't even understand how Joe Biden got to be president. I see him as incompetent and. And ridiculous. I he should be like in a retirement home eating jello or something. Yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, well, my thoughts is it shows exactly what's going on, right? It's all a scam, anyways. I I don't believe in any of this stuff being real. I think it's all uh part of a uh, you know, you they're gonna call me a conspiracy theory. That's okay. It's all part of a scam just to uh play the little people, you know. It's the people with the money that make all the decisions. If someone goes to war, it's gonna be the little guy, the poor guy. Uh, the ones that make money from the war, the rich guys, the ammunition companies, the ones that supply bandages for <laughs> the people that are shot up and their legs cut off, the limbs, they, the ones that supply them. That's that's how it is. You know, the scripture tells us that there's a conspiracy going on. I mean, it's not a secret to Christians. You know, there's, there's a conspiracy where the, the powerful leak it together and plot against the people and against God's people in particular. Uh, so it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us, you know. If a Christian says, well, why do you, why do you think there's a conspiracy? Because the scripture tells us there's a conspiracy. I mean, clearly tells us that, you know, in the end times, there's going to be a, a government that comes together, a uh, type one world government type. And if you ain't if you ain't one of them, right, if you're not one of them elite people with the money, you're not in it. You know, you're not in there. You're not in their elite club. So, uh, you know, we see well, it, it happening. Like, it seems like whether a person is religious or believes in God or is even well studied in the Bible or theology, sure. it seems so obvious that there's something seriously wrong here. You know, I, I just don't understand why more people ain't feeling the vibe here. I think a lot of people are, but they just don't know what to do because they they have just like when this uh uh this uh 
well, I don't want to say because it, it might be I don't want to get your thing banned or whatever. But you know this 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 thing with the spikes under the ball with the spikes were going around. I don't know if they're still doing that on this YouTube channel or not. But that censorship like that alone should tell you something's going on in this world. You know where you can't say certain words that otherwise the the AI will pick up on it and you'll be uh, your video will be canceled and your you know mon demonetized all that nonsense and they might even throw your whole channel off the thing for saying certain things. I mean. When, when did that start happening? You know, I mean, unless there's someone trying to control the narrative. Uh, but anyways, when that when that went on, you know, that should have woke people up. And I think a lot of people did wake up, like people that would argue with me about scripture, you know, non-believers that were in my own family, uh, you know, thought I was crazy for saying that there's a plot, uh, you know, among the elite and all that. Now they're trying to tell me what's going on. You know, they're saying, well, look at what's going on. And like, I live in the city of Chicago proper. And it's basically lawlessness. I just came back. I just got back from taking my, picking my grandkids up and dropping them off almost across the city. And uh, man, it's just lawless. Even the driving is just lawlessness. You know, there's no regard for any of the traffic things. And that's just a, a symptom of the bigger picture, you know, where people just think it's lawlessness. The cops are are actually denutted. I'll, I'll say that, right? They've been denutted, deballed. And now they're standing back doing nothing. So in the cities like this, when you live in cities like this, you see the lawlessness coming out. I, I've never seen this in my whole life, so this type of lawlessness, you know. So, I mean, even the people that are non-believers and that were skeptics would always, you know, argue with me about things. Now they're coming to me saying, hey, did you see this? But they don't have to have no answers. You know, that's why I, I've told them from the beginning. I have answer, right? The name of Jesus Christ. You have no answers except for man. And man is the one doing all this crazy stuff, starting all this stuff going on. Yeah, I, I noticed that people are getting a lot more nastier with authority figures as well. There's a Twitter account that I look at from time to time, and some of the stuff that happens on the videos I'd like to talk about, but I'm afraid that if I show some of the material that's in the videos, it'll be an issue. I'll give you an example of something. This guy is speeding down the highway, cop pulls him over, and the guy jumps out of his vehicle immediately, and, you know, basically antagonizes the cop. The cop tells him to put his arms on the thing. And the guy actually calls him a couple cuss words and moves at the cop. They end up getting into a struggle. The cop tases him. And this doesn't seem to work. This guy is kind of a brute. So he uses a, uh, you know, one of the thug sticks on him and all that. That yeah. doesn't work. This guy's a beast. You know, I don't know if he's coked out or what. The guy ends up almost getting the upper hand on the cop. He's starting to choke him until finally the cop pulls the gun out. So a lot of cops are getting nervous now because they're afraid of what's going to happen, how the media is going to do stuff to them. Amen. They're putting their life on the line. So, I mean, wow, what is going on with people? Whatever happened to, sorry, officer, you try to talk yourself nicely out of the ticket. But if you can't, you write it out. It's over. The cop leaves. What whatever happened to that idea? Well, because it's being pushed now, right? That the police the police are not authority. They, they've taken authority away from policing. You know, I was just talking about today with uh, some friends that uh, these kids nowadays are coming up and are, are now young adults are uh, having raised on uh, Grand Theft Auto, where you're running around, commit crimes, you're running from the police, you're shooting at the police. This is all stuff that's in your mind. I don't care what people are brainwashed easily, especially young people are very moldable. Uh, I mean, there's always right. I was a I was a cop for 30 years, so I in the city of Chicago, so I know what, what happened. It's not always been nice, but there was more leeway given to police when you had people like that that were attacking you. Right? You should defend yourself, and there wasn't no chance of you being the one accused of being a bad guy because you defend yourself from some brute criminal that was attacking you while you're trying to do your job. 
So, so this to me is all is all been planned with the police. You know, they personally defunded them with the uh, BLM stuff, and then they uh, they didn't. Now they uh, in Chicago here, right? They have the illegal immigrants. I'm not gonna call them migrants. They just pile them up in the police stations. I mean, they're like you know, the police station used to be a place where you didn't just come in there and do anything, right? You you'd have to be there on business. You couldn't come there and just lay around or, or you know start acting crazy. Uh, now they got them all in, uh, inside the station, lined up, and they're sleeping on the floors. It, so they're just like putting it in their face, like you know, you don't, you, you're not the police anymore. No you're just a bunch of uh, guys with badges that we pay. So just shut up and take it. So I mean, it's all, it's all planned. It's no doubt to me. I've it's, been it's hearing that. Little... I've been hearing that in a lot of these poverty areas too, they've been uh, closing down the high schools and middle schools so they can use them as like sanctuaries for people to go. So now these poor people who are already being jacked up on gas prices are having to go all the way across town just to get their kid to a school that isn't doing that. Amen. And that's because there's no way you can have your kids go into school while there's people just piled up down the hallways and classrooms and all that. It's crazy. I didn't know you were a cop for like 30 years and stuff. Yeah. We got a lot of cops in my neighborhood and uh, I love it. They're the nicest people. I, I don't, when you watch TV or whatever they, and the news or whatever, they represent cops as like some kind of dangerous, volatile element. But me, I feel totally protected. I feel like they should get paid way more than what they're getting paid. And I think that, uh, I mean, I guess you got to be around cops and stuff to realize, hey, they're human just like me. And they're trying just to do the best they can. And they're being spit on. They're being cussed at. And sometimes... Uh, 10 times a day being assaulted. What the hell do you think is going to happen if you push on somebody or they think their life is in jeopardy? I don't give a damn how much you're trained. You're not trained to die. You know exactly. what I mean? You're right. You have a family and everything else like everybody else you want to go home to. But, you know, like I said, they're, they're part of society, right? So so there's there's good cop, bad cop. I'm not trying to say like all cops are good and great, but there's a lot of them that I've known that are, are really uh, interested in trying to help, you know, trying to uh, help people that are in trouble or uh, keep uh, the criminals from attacking innocent victims and, you know, protecting children. Not They're all, you know, there's a bunch of them like that. Believe me, there's some that are bad apples. I'm not going to say that. I've been around other ones too that are not, you know, probably not the best and they're, they're cocky and they're full of themselves. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's not happening. It does happen because they're humans, like you said. So you have all kinds, but I'd say the majority that I've uh, had contact with and I've supervised were, uh, were decent men and women that uh, really cared about the communities where they were policing and they weren't just there to, uh, Act like they're a bit tough guys, and you know, and, and just uh, run over people's rights and all that. But there were some, so you know. But but like I said, you know, this is all this is all done on purpose because they know they know that when you have uh, criminals, right, and you have the law enforcement trying to control the criminals to keep a society halfway from being wild a wild west show. Uh, there's going to be some rub there. There's going to be rub, and you're going to have these problems. You know, now they got cameras on every cop that records every little thing, and and uh, I wonder if if I had a job that wasn't a cop and they recorded everything that I did when part of my job, would anything ever come up that was like maybe a problematic? I, I think so. No matter what your profession is. I personally think it's a good idea. I think a lot of cops, their lives have been saved from the media and what some of these vultures will do to them if it's not recorded. Because if somebody's like sitting across the street recording on their phone, they can edit it. And plus, they may have not seen the whole thing, the whole thing in context. 
But if a cop comes up and he's got a camera in his vehicle and it's showing uh, the widescreen of what's happening, he's protecting himself. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, honestly, I never thought it was. I never thought it was because, like I said, they're human beings, right? And they're dealing with uh, very problematic problems that people don't want to deal with. You know, that's why they call the police. The guy who's drunk and fighting with his wife, you know, she don't, they don't want the neighbor, don't want to come up there and save him. So they call the police, you know, and he comes in there and steps into a, a guy that's very uh, violent, uh, belligerent. You know, he, he may, may make, make a mistake. He may uh, he may do something he shouldn't have did, but he controlled the situation. But by law, you know, or by somebody judging him might not have been right. And it's, it's a tough job. So that's why they're pulling back, because they don't want that. They don't want to go to jail, you know, for trying to do their job. So they'll still rather than then uh, do that. They'll pull back. They won't stop anybody. They won't. At one time, I used to run the station, right? And I'd have a line of people waiting for arrest reports, like 40 or 50. So the, the, the theory back then was lock everybody up for every little thing. And then you would you would decrease the victims being out there shot. And you would be, I mean, it sounds crazy, right? But that's what they thought. You would, you would stop crying because you got the guys on a little thing, you know, uh, drinking, drinking open alcohol, uh, you know, a small amount of marijuana. So that was a theory back there. It went from that to totally just lawlessness now, where it's just lawlessness. And unfortunately, when you got people that are uh, intent on doing criminal acts, you need somebody to stand against it. And we don't have that in, the, in these cities that I see and where I live, we don't. And I see other cities are the same way. I do notice, I, I hear what you're saying about there being some rough and tough cops and all that. And then there's obviously the good ones. I have noticed a big difference, but I think the logic is when... Like, uh, I came from St. Louis, Missouri, and that's like one of the murder capitals of the world. And the cops were definitely a little bit more hardcore because yeah. they're, they're dealing with more of a radius and proximity, more people, more jackasses to get in trouble. Yeah. And now I live out in the countryside about 17 miles south of all that nonsense. And, and when you're in a country town, the cops kind of know everybody, everybody's friends. They go in, they sit in the restaurants and, you know, you, you'll see one like every single day, everything's cool but boy oh boy i remember living in the city there was a lot of crazy people and i wouldn't have wanted to be a cop in that so i could see how a human being after many years of dealing with that it starts to get into their head you know what i mean yeah amen amen so and, and you know it's getting more and more restrictive on cops they put more and more laws they're changing the laws before it used to be a little like in chicago right they just to give one example they they just recently uh connected a law from the city of chicago that uh, the officer cannot like get out of his car and chase somebody. If a guy runs, he can't just, he has to ask for a supervisor. I mean, to, to uh, allow the chase. I mean, this is just ridiculous stuff. And this is just stuff to allow crime to flourish. That's what it is. There's no other question about it. When the officer whose who's law in his duty, right, by law is to enforce, uh, enforce the, the, the uh, criminal code. When people violate criminal code, they're supposed to enforce it. They can't chase somebody who runs from them unless they ask for a supervisor first. And you know the criminal's going to be long gone by the time they would get all that going. So it's 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 a plot to do this. Uh, you know they have. Then you think about the shoplifting. They raised the the rate from to uh, like this like over nine hundred dollars before it's actually a, a you know a real crime. So they basically just let them bring them in, do some paperwork, send them on their way, and that's it. There's no penalty. So now all the stores are are being uh, robbed blind. You know their Walgreens are closing and uh, CVS pharmacies can't because of theft. The uh, WalMarts, you know everything's leaving the cities, and so. So where are people getting their medication, the poor people and stuff that that depend on in places for their medications and stuff, or just for basic grocery items because they're all leaving because of all this crime. You can't, you know, you can't lose half your inventory and stay profitable in, in, in a location. So 
if it's not done on purpose, and these these people that enforce these laws, these uh, all the all the women in state legislation must be totally out their mind to do this stuff. It's just you know they're just trying to be good people. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah, I've seen some clips where uh, the cops have had the, they've been ordered to stand outside of stores whenever people go in and loot, knocking shit over, picking stuff up, and and just running out the door. And so many of them, and the cops are told, no, 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 just leave it alone and all that. I I don't know what to say. I mean, well, it's, if it's not if it's not uh, a plot, right? What is it? And it's like really dumb people we got leading ourselves, and we're the ones that voted supposedly for them, right? So that means really dumb voters voted for really dumb people, and they passed really dumb laws. Either that, or it's a plot. It's, 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 they're they're plotting things, you know. And to me, it looks like a plot. So that's I'm gonna, I'll call it like I see it. Uh, you know, being in the streets for thirty years, and I, when I was a cop, I worked the streets. I didn't have a, a job somewhere until the end, where I was in the station. Uh, like the last couple of years just, but other than that, I was in the streets. So I saw what was going on and I see how things worked in the streets and I see how they work. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a cop today. I couldn't do it. I would, I'd be, I'd be, I would probably quit or got fired or in jail. So Ooh. this is where it's going. This is the, this is the trend. And you know, I, I, that's why I think it's the last days. Cause I see things like this and I see, uh, you know, the, uh, they're trying to get digital currency going on. I see the open borders everywhere. Then we got wars here and wars there. We don't even know what's going on. When are they, uh, half phony are they real they're just sending money everywhere money just you know flying out out of your pockets they they want you to eat bugs and you know you can't eat meat because it's destroying the environment you know these to me these are markers that tell you that something's going on yeah it's it's definitely crazy definitely crazy i don't i don't get it i you know lower the security around the border defund the cops when they know that there's an enormous amount of people, and now even the Democrats are starting to admit, well, there might be some bad people that manage to get into mm-hmm. our country. And if we don't have no cops, we don't have no more, our border. The only way you can see it is there's only two ways. Either you're right, Mr. Stump, and there's a plot to screw Americans over, yeah. or these people are absolutely stupid. It's only two options. There can't be any in between because we we see that this does not work. We've known this. That's why we haven't done this before because we know this is just ridiculous. In fact, they have here in Illinois now. There's no uh, no cash bail, so whatever crime it might be, something I didn't look at it real closely, but it might be like murder. Maybe you can't get out without seeing a judge first. But everything else, they take in the station, write out some paperwork, sign it, and you leave out. <laughs> you leave out. I think maybe your prints have to clear like in the old days, but other than that, you, there's no penalty for committing a crime. You're not pr- uh, prosecuting. The prosecutor's not prosecuting people they're just giving them these uh taps on the wrist and sending them off so if this is not a plot i don't know what it is i mean i'm wrong but it looks like it to me you know and uh i think i have eyes to see and uh it's a good thing when you live in a, a city you see what's going on you don't hear about it right you actually see it like i just drove by the police station over here which is called the seventh uh, district on, it's on 63rd street i drove right by it tents migrant tents all out there they're all in the station. I've never seen something like this. I mean, and, I, and I'm, believe me, I'm not talking about these people because they're just poor people. They're pawns in the game like us. They're just pawns. They're just using them. But you see how they work together, right? The the, the Republican uh, governors over there send them like, buses over here. Why don't you send them back to the border, you know, or, or do something? Do something besides send them in deeper into the country. You can't tell me that Democrats and Republicans aren't, aren't bedfellows. They, I'm, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I think that they're both. I, I don't trust any of them. There was a politician recently on Twitter that said, so what do you guys think? Do you trust Trump and all that? And I wrote, I don't trust any of you politicians anymore. I really don't. So 
I mean, that's that's where I'm at. I like some of the stuff Trump talked about a while back, but it's obvious they're going to burn his ass at the stake. Um, I I just I don't see where we're going. There's there's nothing they can say at this point that'll make me have any trust towards them anymore. Yeah, I don't. If it's fixed like I think it is, it's all fixed, and it, 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 I think he might get back in. I think that might be the point. It's like they're really pushing him. They're making rap videos about him since he went to jail. That he's you know the good guy and all this and that. I don't trust anybody that's an actor, and I don't trust any politician for sure. So he was he was saying you're fired, you're fired on TV. He got fired. Now he wants his job back, and it seems like they're playing us. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But but like I said. Uh, for me, I have an answer, right? It's called Jesus Christ. It's called scripture. I can read the scripture and find out about where we're at in timeline. And I think this is about right in the book of Revelation. I think we're, we're getting close to a, what people call tribulation. So uh, it's going for time. I could be wrong. You know, I'm, I know people say, well, people said that for a year, over and over. Yeah, but it's all coming together for me. We'll see. Mm. Well, I guess uh, I'll throw out some spiritual questions for you to give you something to talk about and all that. When people die, do you believe that their souls, like let's say someone died 500 years ago, do you believe that their consciousness is in some kind of limbo or do you think they immediately go to heaven or hell? What is your view on that? Yeah, well, I believe in what someone might describe as a soul sleep. I know uh, the Apostle Paul said that uh, the dead know not anything, right? So if they were in heaven, they would know something. If they were hell, they would know something. But then we have in the book of Revelation, right? We have the uh, what they call the great white throne judgment where the uh, the dead are resurrected and they're given a, a judgment before God. And, you know, they have to give the uh, the books are open and find out, you know, what's going on and where they where they actually go. Uh, so I don't think you're in heaven. Why, how could you be in heaven if there's a, a judgment to come? You know, uh, are you in hell? No, I don't think so. I think you're basically just waiting, right? Until, the, until you're resurrected. Uh, you know, Scripture says that your spirit goes back to God. Now, that, that's not your soul. That's your spirit, right? Your body goes to the dust, and your spirit goes back to God who gave it, like your breath. That what I, The way I look at it is what animates you, right? What, what makes you move and have movement as a, as a living being. And your soul, which is you, like your conscience, like who bread is and who stump is, right? We're, we're, we have our own uh, our own uh, conscious and how we are, our, our inner core, the type of person we are, which is I believe is our soul. I think that just waits for the, uh, the judgment, best I can tell, you know. Oh, if uh, you don't mind, I'll give you a suggestion on the green screen thing. What I learned that is really helpful mm -hmm. is try to get as far away from the green screen as you can. Because if you sit up against it, your shadow will end up cutting into oh, the yeah. imagery and all that. So get yeah. further away, have the light directly on you in the area behind you. Uh, you what, what you do is you try to put like a lamp or light on the floor that kind of goes up on the screen and then you're forward about three feet that would be a good distance so your shadow doesn't cause image cuts oh it's good advice yeah i, I don't actually have a green screen though it's just a, it's just a, what i'm using here I, I do want to get one if i'm on here enough on the, uh you know youtube uh they're not very expensive they could buy them like on uh, amazon and stuff for like 30 40 bucks i believe 50 bucks maybe for one well if you're using something like uh obs you don't have to have a green screen. All you'd have to do is have you a solid wall or some kind of solid area. And what it does is it gives you the ability to click on the image of whatever you're using. And yeah. then you say, make all that color go away. 
Now, hopefully you don't have like peach walls or something that's similar uh, to your shirt or your skin or anything. Yeah. You look like a ghost, you know what right. I mean? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, actually, right now I'm, I'm set up in my dining room because uh, I'm having work done at the house. I had I have a house that has old wiring. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen aluminum wiring that has like a cloth cover on it. It's really nasty stuff. And it's supposed to be really dangerous. So I need to have it all pulled out. And, of course, there's some of them junction boxes where they make junks there. I'm sure are buried under this under this uh, this wall board that I'm going to have to deal with before the electrician will come out and pull all the wires and put new ones in for me. So I'm, I'm looking at big jobs going on. and So I'm set up in my dining room now so I can, until I can find it and set up in my room. So, yeah, I'll have Wait, to. You might want to look into some free software like OBS. Not only is it really good at uh, recording really clear videos, but it makes your videos really small. Like I can do an hour worth of video and it'll be like less than 200 megabytes to upload. So it's really, really time-saving. And it's got all these cool audio settings where it'll make all the noise in your background go away and make you sound radio-like. You probably noticed that from my mic, right? Yeah, I don't have some good. super expensive mic. I'm just using a free software that clears up all the noise and makes me sound really powerful. You don't have to have thousands of dollars worth of crap. Oh, I nice. wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, Brett, I'm like a, uh, you know, Paul said he was an apostle to the, both the Greeks and the barbarians. So I'm like the barbarians when it comes to knowing about computers. I, you know, it's not, I'm an older man. I'm at 62. I'm not real familiar with computers. Usually I have to have one of my kids to help me with something if I'm trying to do anything almost. Uh, but if something's simple, I can handle it. But if it's something more than like finding an app and, and, uh, and, and putting it into my computer, I don't no clue what's going on so oh that's the great thing about it it is very it's simple it's an easy learning curve in fact if you're interested and you want to try it later i actually have a couple tutorial videos up it's just as simple as adding the images you want and i show how to fix the mic it's it it's like something you'd look at and go oh well you know how i explain things i keep things simple right yeah amen what is uh what is the name of this video you say obs what is that yeah, it's called OBS. It's absolutely free. You'll be able to record videos. You can live stream with it. And it also fix your microphone to make it sound like you're really powerful, like you're on the radio. Now, when we're live streaming like this through StreamYard, so <laughs> it's not going to be as awesome. As you yeah. know, my voice sounds more bassier when I'm actually doing my videos. On this thing, though, the StreamYard's taking over my audio. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you get many compliments uh, when you're not around from people who say you have a very good radio type voice. So um, whatever you're doing is working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got some videos up at, a, you know, like 10, 15 minute tutorials. And uh, you would you'd pick it up really quick and it would really, really help you out with putting out the message. Nathan Millwater says, Brad, I really enjoyed your review on Starfield. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Nathan, if I didn't put it forth clear to you i actually i really wanted that game to succeed i really really want here let me put this up so all of you can get up there there you go how's that look looks good yeah. what's going on brother how you doing oh pretty good how are you i'm good i'm real good just uh kicking back with britain having little conversations Nice. So I don't, Stomp, I don't know if you know about the Starfield thing, but it was supposed to be about a game where you travel to different planets and 
it was supposed to be something where you felt like you were really a part of like some kind of Star Trekky future. Unfortunately, it turned out to it just seemed like it was low grade compared to the games this company Bethesda used to make. I hope the video game talk doesn't bore you. Wasn't there a lot of hype behind this game, like coming out or something, or, or am I thinking about something else? Yeah, there's this guy called Todd Howard where he really sold us. You'll be able to go wherever you want, do whatever you want. It's a new generation game, but the game is ugly as hell. And a lot of them, some of their environments are nice, but it just looks really weird, especially some of the NPCs. Oof, that scratching on the fork thing's kind of rough on me there, Nathan. Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> It's all good. I have issue with that's one of the reasons I don't do like uh, heavy metal with my brother anymore because the high pitched noise gets gets into that ear and boy oh boy oof. <laughs> it's all good. So how you been, Nathan? How you been doing? Oh, pretty good. Been playing music, chilling. Played played through Starfield. Well, let's see that shirt. That looks like a Led Zeppelin. I can kind yeah. of make. Oh, look at that. Yeah, Led what do you Zeppelin. think about Led Zeppelin there, Stump? That was some good music, right? Stairway to Heaven, Black Dog. Uh, before I was a uh, a non-believer, I'd say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't listen to carnal music anymore. It's, I don't think they accept technical spiritual mind, but yeah, teach it on. I mean, if you enjoy it, that's cool. I, I used to, I used to like Led Zeppelin. It was to be a, a reggae band that copied you guys ever remember that, like in the uh, maybe the 90s, copied Led Zeppelin songs and played it in a reggae style. Did you ever hear them, guys? It was called Dread Zeppelin, I think. Did you ever hear? Dread Zeppelin. It was really interesting. It was it was like Zeppelin playing uh, reggae type, you know, with their music. Like the guys sing like them and everything. It was really interesting. Let me see if I can look it up. You guys ever heard of them? Haven't heard of that. I was meaning to ask you, uh, Mr. Stump, have you ever heard of a YouTuber called Mud Fossils or something like that? That doesn't sound familiar. He's a uh, he's basically a creationist and also was a scientist. He claims that he was removed from his job because he kept on putting forth the idea that there was a creator and that the universe had a beginning because God initiated it and they put him out of business. So now he's got a YouTube channel where he talks about the science. He says that he has actually found fossils of giants and unusual stuff that is mentioned in the bible and i've uh, asked him recently i asked him if he'd come on the stream and i'm still waiting for him to give me a day and time but he is interested and if you want to be a part of that'd be great he's into everything from angels to giants and about the stuff that happened in genesis so think you might like that. Oh, I don't know where Nathan went. Hopefully I didn't put him to sleep. You have heard, Stump, I'm the cure for insomnia, right? Are you the cure for insomnia? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Did you see that guy that uh, uh, made a YouTube video where he went to uh, WNBA, you know, Women's Basketball League, and it was it was napping because he said his, his doctor recommended he go there because he couldn't sleep. That was so funny. He was sleeping in the front row of the WNBA. Of course, they kicked him out. Because he's saying, you know, he's saying that women's basketball is so boring that he, his doctor recommended he go there to clear his problem with uh, not being able to sleep. It was, it was ridiculous. You mind if I share my screen and show you a uh, uh, Dread Zeppelin? Sure, sure. You interested? Yeah, let me let me share it real quick. Is it, actually, you might like them if you like Dread Zeppelin. Zeppelin they're, they're, they sounded different, but they were uh, good. I like. 
I don't remember how I found him. It's been a little while since I've listened to some Led Zeppelin, but you can't ever really forget about things like Stairway to Heaven and all this. You're not going to... Oh, yeah. Who's Kato? Hello, Kato? Uh, Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Kato. How you Uh, doing? How you doing, Brett? Doing pretty good. He was just about to show me some Dread Zeppelin. How you doing? Good, good. Dread Zeppelin. Zeppelin's a good band, you know. Yeah. Dread Zeppelin. Oh, Dread Zeppelin. Yeah, we were originally talking about Led Zeppelin, but Mr. Stump told me that there's a a band out there called. Uh, we got somebody called Big Bob here. He's one of uh, my friends. I know him. He's. Uh, we just wanted to join to hang out. You know, chill. Okay. All right. Let me go ahead and uh, put him in there. Okay, so what's up there, guy? Hold on one second. Okay. Because I don't know who some of the people are. All right, so hold on a second. Mr. Cato, you got to mute your mic. You're making a lot of rustling sounds over All there. right, sorry about that. I was sorry about that. It's all good. All right, there oh, we yeah, go. That's nice. better. Sorry, we've got some people that have been coming in. I'm not sure what we're dealing with, so we'll give it a moment yeah. like that. So, Scott, we got you into. Okay, let me go ahead and put Cato out since he doesn't know how to shut the hell up when people are talking. And his buddy's probably here to start some shit, too. See you later, Bob. All right, back to you, Mr. Stump. Sorry about that. He he sounded like he was snickering too much, like he was wanting to get excited on me. So, I'm not in the mood for that. You get a lot of that going on around here, do you? Yeah, I get people who like to show me their penises or flash me, and that's the reason why the cameras down below are extremely tiny, because if they do do it, they'll be blocked by the banner that's going by. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good idea. Yeah, I got to run it like a boot camp up in here. (laughs) Why is that? Because because you uh, came to knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ? Is that why you're upset? Or what's going on with that? Uh, you or is it just I, you? Well, some of the, some of them are because they don't obviously like God or religion, but some of them they seem to have this idea that it's okay to go on the live streams with total strangers and then make an ass out of themselves or try to ruin a live stream. It's yeah. like a, it's kind of like a fifteen-year-old that likes to poop on your porch kind of thing, and yeah, they, right. they seem to think that's funny. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So you get it from both sides because, uh, yeah, being a Christian alone is enough to have you under attack by various elements of. Uh... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of specific about my trolls, too. If I let people in that are going to be kind of weird or whatever, they have to at least be interesting. If Amen. it's like boring trolling, I'm like, I'm, I'm too old for that. You got to work harder at that. Bubblegum, you want to come in <laughs> and chat with us? I love hearing what Bubblegum's got. So you get along with Bubblegum. Bubblegum is an undercover Catholic. That's okay, though. I just, I mean, I wouldn't be ashamed of being a Catholic. If you're a Catholic, go ahead. I like Bubblegum. He's okay with me. Just uh, he's undercover. I mean, he's undercover. He play has a white collar, you know, under his shirt. That's cool. I, I don't have so a problem with anybody. I did get to see the Dread Zeppelin thing that you put up on the screen. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, but right. I I moved the screens around to make sure that. No, no, I, yeah, yeah. I took it down. I took it down because I just wanted to show it. I mean, it's, it's just something. Uh, you know, back then, I bet you probably. I don't know. If you're not old as me, but you used to go to the record store with hard copies of records, and you know, somehow I found Dread Zeppelin because I used to like Led Zeppelin, so I wanted more. So I, I just found them. Uh, I thought they were good. I mean, they were a little humorous, as you can see, but they actually, 
played the Led Zeppelin uh, songs really well. I oh, think. I it's it's true you're older than me, but I definitely was around for records and cassette tapes, and I seen yeah. everything go to CD and Blu-ray. I was like, wow. I remember thinking to myself, how the hell did all my music somehow end up on one of these little bitty micro things? Hey, that man. still blows my mind. It was more fun to go in those record stores. You know, they were old and moldy, and you could just thumb through all the old records, and you could find things from different ages. You could, uh, you know, it wasn't like sitting there in line looking at a bunch of. Of course, yeah, they let you play them. It depends which one you were at. They'd let you uh, play, get a sample of them. But, uh, a lot of them wouldn't. You had to just buy it because a lot of the records were all sealed in the plastic sleeve. But sometimes they let you play the records to get a taste. I, I know now. I think online you can uh, like play a little taste of them, right? I think to see what they sound like. Yeah. Yeah, they let you do some of that kind of stuff. But nowadays, unfortunately, if you go into, like, record stores, if there's even any that have lasted, you know, the whole MP3 wave thing has totally put a lot of record businesses out of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nowadays, if you want want a song, I remember back in the day, you go into... When you're looking at records, one of the cool things was because they were so big, the artwork was really big and oh, yeah. flashy. Oh, man. Nowadays, it's like you got to go to Amazon, spend 99 cents to get a track, or go looking around on YouTube or something like that. Yeah, and, and I, I get in that way, too. You know, you're just buying the, the tune you like. You're not getting, like, eight other songs you're not really interested in because a lot of times the albums only had one. But if you were, had a favorite band, like, say, the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, People like that. You were interested in all them other tracks that maybe weren't, you know, like people didn't think they were the best. They weren't hits, but but because of the, you like the band, you wanted to hear everything they put out. So it's a different, it's a different thing. I think it was more fun back then. I hear you there. I hear you. It was good stuff. Good stuff. And records still nowadays, even though they claim that these CDs and DVDs are high quality, yeah. there's just something about the way the the sound of the record, the vinyl, as well as the way the speakers and subwoofers were set up, where there's just like this really crisp, kind of mystical sound. It is. It sure is, yeah. I think we, we lost that, of course. But, uh, of course, I'm sure everybody, the newer generations think that it's all good, so they're happy with their little things. A lot of musicians nowadays can't actually sing. A lot of them sample their music, and they use auto-tuner to make it sound like they can sing on records but then if you watch them live it's like what in the hell a lot of people have been getting in trouble lately because they play a recording of themselves when they're live and pretend as though they're doing it and they've been getting in trouble well hopefully mr bubblegum will come in and talk as you know i ain't done a live show in a little while been dealing with family stuff and spend time with the family all that kind of deal but i'll be getting back on the horse sooner or later Come on, Bubblegum, get on. Don't be afraid. I'm just messing with you. You could be a Catholic if you wanted to cover or not. It's all right. What uh, you know, what gives you the impression that he's Catholic? Well, he was uh, defending something with the Catholics the other day on the, on the Proverbs Guy show. I forgot what it was. Uh, I forgot what it was. He was defending something that was a Catholic, more Catholic doctrine uh, than you would believe for. Uh, well, he says he's uh, he believes in, well, he does say he believes in a multi-poly poly theistic type believer and you know catholic believes in the three persons of the trinity so that that would fit you know but he was defending some type of uh if i got it right now i don't want to say i, I don't want to misquote him or something i think he was uh, defending some catholic belief i don't remember what it was 
I'm still here. I'm just turning off my OBS for a little bit because it seems to be uh, causing some kind of issue. Let me put you on the main screen. You can still hear me, right? Oh, yeah, I hear you. Okay. We got somebody called Osingawoo here. Let's see if they're going to be an intellectual or a complete and utter spaz. How you doing there, Mr. Uh, or Mrs. Singawoo? How are you? Hello. How are you doing? What's your story? You gonna talk to us? You got something for us? And uh, you're a nigger lover, and I hate niggers. Okay, see you later. Bye bye. You oh racist, piece of, <laughs> racist piece of garbage, atheist. Goodbye. What is wrong yeah, with these people? They're stupid. I don't think stupid. God could help them. You're yeah. right. I see. I see what you're saying. A perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sickness. Let me. Well, hopefully, uh, they're 18 years old. I mean, hopefully, they're just like 13 or 14 at the most, because an adult wouldn't act like that. I would hope. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's crazy. Let's see. Let me see if I can fix the whole. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to set it to where. Okay, just keep talking. I'm trying to figure out something in my general deal. Ah, there we go. There we go. That should work things out. There you go. You can see my little avatar now, yep, right? Yeah, I can see it moving. Yeah, I've seen the stream getting a little weak and everything. Sometimes uh, uh, StreamYards acts kind of goofy with the uh, OBS. Oh, too much power, too much internet. I think so. I used to have trouble with the when I would be on StreamYard, would, my my uh, internet would shut down and I'd have to restart it, and like I would lose the. Uh, the Wi-Fi signal. I don't. Lately, uh, lately it hasn't. That was just when I first started using it. I don't know. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a barbarian when it comes to computers, so I, I just figured there's a lot of juice coming from uh, from Streamyard. And I, that's just my guess. I would even know what that means. To be honest with you. Can you believe that though? I mean, it's 2024 practically, and there's people out there that are still racist. I mean, does that even make sense? Yeah, it's and part it's of usually, nature, yeah. And what's really weird about it is it's usually a liberal atheist that is doing that. The same <laughs> ones who claim they're all about diversity and all that, they're the first ones to start babbling off and hating on people's skin color. Isn't that odd? Yeah, well, I think that's that's part of natural man. You know, that's why, you know, you'll hear me say it all the time, carnal mind, carnal minded is not what God wants for you. And that's part of your, your carnal mind, you know, to worry about skin color. I see it on all sides of the rainbow. So I see it on the other side. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, what they call Hebrew Israelites that are African-American. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're Back real, real I racist. Used hang, I used to hang out with G-Man, and uh, he had a lot of them coming in, and boy, they were... They were rough. Goodness oh, yeah. They were racist. I mean, some of them are very violent. It depends which ones you uh, encounter. But uh, they're certainly mostly racist. You know, they believe that they're the, the people of God. Uh, they're the true Israelites and, uh, and all this stuff. So, you know, there's carnal minds on both sides. So that's why if you're a spiritual mind, you know, you don't think like that. I mean, because like I said, to the natural man, racism is uh, racism, classism, all that is natural to you. It's, it's a natural instinct for you. Well, it was interesting because uh, some of them, I, I remember whenever I was in the room with G-Man, G-Man's a, a drama queen. He likes to get people riled up because he thinks it'll get him more views. Me, I like to try to chill people out. And I said, now you guys are claiming you believe in God, right? And uh, they go, yeah, what about it? And I said, well, then if you believe in God, then you believe God created everybody, right? 
And they're like, yeah, so? And I said, so why are you hating on uh, God's children just because they're a different complexion than yourself? Does it, does that make any sense? And they're like, well, you, well, you, what are you talking about kind of thing? And I'm like, you know what I'm talking about. Don't be stupid. Come on. You know. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they, know, they know exactly what they're talking about. But uh, that's why that's not what God wanted for us from the beginning. You know, I'm going to say that over and over. Anybody ever ask me? This carnal world is not what God intended for us, right? This is the, the, the result of Adam's fall from the garden. And now we find ourselves in there again. Uh, oh, I was on your show. I think I, I uh, was trying to demonstrate the uh, what I call the bookends of Scripture, where we start off as spiritual and we're going to end up back as spiritual. And that's what the Scripture says. So this thing in the middle is kind of like our carrying away to Babylon. And if you know what that reference means, when the uh, when the nation of, uh, of Israel was carried away through Babylon to captivity, uh, I think that's a shadow type of what's happening to us here now. And uh, so when people even say things about the Bible, like, well, does God approve of, of, of uh, slavery? Well, yeah, we're in bondage now for our sins. Right. But that's one of the one of the fascinating things, too. I've heard some people who go into that uh, where they say, oh, you know, God, let this go down and this go down and all this. But. One of the greatest stories in the Bible is in the book of Exodus, where God actually sends Moses to free slaves. And what, is, what happens to the, the person that is enslaving people? He has the entire ocean crush him to death, but they don't seem to notice that. Amen. You know? Yeah, his army was destroyed by the, uh, the Red Sea. Uh, and if you know, when they came out of... Uh, out of Egypt, when Israel came out of Egypt at the hand of Moses and God, of course, uh, they had there was mixed multitudes. So there was other people besides Israelites that were enslaved in Egypt, and they came out with them and were part of, and, and they accepted them as part of Israel. So God's not playing favor with you because your uh, a bloodline is Israel, or you know. So He accepts other people, other nations as well, and He freed them as well. Uh, if you read the Book of Exodus, you'll see that a mixed multitude came out with them. So that means they weren't all strictly israel there were some other uh, nations that were enslaved by egypt and they came out at the same time with them they, they uh god was gracious enough to let them come out too not just his people and they became his people by joining joining with his people i remember whenever uh whenever i was a non-believer that was something that i was uh that was starting to bother me but i i got into studying it more but it's interesting, you might find this weird, but I was actually trying to find things to attack the Bible with. I wasn't trying to find some kind of excuse or justification, but I ended up finding out that a lot of the people who were called slaves back in ancient days had actually put themselves in what is called indentured servitude, where they would work for somebody for several years, and then they would be able to either inherit the property or they could move on and do whatever they want. It was like a contract deal. And there yeah. was only one other form of slavery that some people might moan about, but it was when there was a war, you had the choice of either wiping everybody out or you take some people captives and assimilate them into your society. Well, that's that's different. When you're in an act of war, what are you going to do? Just leave the children there? Are you going to leave them sitting out in the desert or do you take them and then try to ingrain them into your society? You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see I can look at it that way. But, you know, like I said, my understanding and my belief is that this is part of the carnal world. There's nothing nice about this carnal world. We're not, we weren't meant to be here, right? Scripture says that this is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through, basically. And, uh, you know, because we have a better country, Scripture says, another country, which means a, a 
the new Jerusalem, you know, people will call it heaven, whatever, but it's supposed to come down here on earth. So this is not our, our true country. And, and all this, all this stuff, racism, uh, lust, you know, uh, all this uh, slavery, all this stuff is part of this carnal world. And if we just look at our own bodies and how we have to live in order to survive, right? We're in bondage to these bodies. There's certain things we must do. You know, people have to understand this in order to survive. That's bondage. So this part of this world is part of this carnal world, but this is not what God intended for mankind, right? His creation. And it's us, us that brought on this nonsense. Well, I do notice that a lot of these people who do end up making videos where they're virtue signaling and they're attacking the Bible or they're attacking, you know, society back a hundred years ago in America, whenever there's slavery, there's some hypocrisy there. And I don't know if you noticed it, Stump, but for some reason, many of these people have no idea that slavery still exists in the world today. There's Amen. literally uh, over 50,000 slaves over in Africa right now in our modern times as we speak, but nobody says a word about that. Nobody seems to care about what actually is going on. Instead, they're using their agenda so they can slap around the Bible or push out some kind of nonsense or they want to be able to get some kind of compensation for something that happened when they weren't even alive. You notice that? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's part of all the carnal mind stuff. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at the Bible and the carnal mind, like you said, and trying to find problems with it, well, you're going to find it, of course, because you have a carnal mindset. And, you know, uh, Scripture says that the carnal mind is enmity with God, meaning the enemy of God. So if you're carnal minded, you're not going to find, you know, you're going to find what you want to find, all the, all the problems with, with God. You can find problems with God. And, and the, the Bible is, is a spiritual book. It can't be read as you read any other book in the library. This is a very special book. It's God's word, and it's spiritual in nature. And under you have to understand it with only with the help of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, you can never truly understand it because there's so many levels. Like in our Bible studies, we'll, we'll, we'll see so many levels of Scripture. One verse can take us in several different directions. You know, is this the, uh, a carnal aspect? Is this a spiritual aspect? Is this something that uh, reminds us about what happened in the garden? Is it carrying us forward to the end times? Is, is a prophecy for the end times in the future? You know, so it's so many levels. That's that's why I enjoy studying God's word so much. It's, it's really, if you enjoy like puzzles and stuff, you would love to, to study God's word with a spiritual mindset. You, you know, whoever that is, you know, would, would love to study it. Stump, I was going to say, anytime you feel like you got some good stuff you want to talk about, if you email me or let me know, I can get a live show where we do uh, uh, get into what you're talking about and some of the lessons you want to put out there. All you got to do is just let me know and you'd be ready to do something like that. Oh, that's very nice of you. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, there's a, I'm sure it's a controversial ones. I, I was doing one where uh, the, the theory was that you know, the question was, is carnal sex what God intended for mankind? I think scripture points away from that, right? So uh, that would be something that caused some controversy among people. I'm sure everybody was up in arms about it when I did it on the Proper's Guy show. So, and believe me, I'm not saying I, I'm a, I'm somebody like a, a guru or nobody. I don't, I just study God's word and do the best I can to understand it. And I don't say anybody should believe me, right? Go. I encourage my brothers and sisters that are in Christ to search what they call Bereans, right? Go to the Bible yourself. And search for yourself and find out what you think it says. You know, not me, but you know, I, I enjoy bringing up interesting subjects. I think are interesting and, and maybe a little different than the standard Christian belief that you know we were created in these bodies and this is how you know it's just it's just a little different than how we were actually created in the garden. And there was actually a tree called the tree of knowledge and evil, good and evil, but now it's not around anymore. I mean, 
Come on. <laughs> you know, when people argue, well, yeah, it was, it was an actual place. The Garden of Eden was a, a carnal place. Well, what happened to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life? Where, where, where do you find these kind of trees at nowadays? That, I mean, it's like obvious questions to me that are that need to be answered as Christians and not just uh, uh, brush over that stuff when you read it and say, well, okay, you know, everything's good. Well, what would you say to somebody you may throw out about the angel that's guarding Eden and all that with the big sword and all that? Yeah, it's something. I say this, right? We we know from scripture that uh, the sword is, is a reference to God's word, right? It's called a sword. It's, uh, God's word is called a sword. Uh, and the flaming sword as well in scripture. So we see this flaming sword at the, guarding the, the way back to, to the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, right? So we know that that the tree of life is is God. Uh, well, I don't say we know, but I believe it's it's God in his word, right? That's the tree of life. Uh, and so his word is guarding the way back to God. So uh, what, why does God, why does Jesus, you know, who is the word of God? If we understand that he's the, the word of God made flesh, right? The scripture says. Why would he need help of angels? He doesn't need right. He's he's God. <laughs> Jesus is God. This is his word. Why would he need to help of angels? So who are these two angels that were put out? I mean, or on the east side of. Well, oh, I com I completely agree with you on the idea that God doesn't need anybody to do anything for him because he's yeah. all powerful. But there are many <laughs> instances in the Bible where. God uses men to do his will or even sends messengers that are angelic. So uh, how do you, uh, I guess for you, how do you differentiate between what might just be a lesson or a teaching over something? Like, for instance, Sodom and Gomorrah, he sent messengers into it, and there was yeah. that big old bad conversation that happened with all of them before the town went bye-bye. So how do you differentiate for you? Well, only because uh, we know that, like I said, that the sword and the a flaming sword is a representative of God's word. I know when, when Jesus comes back in, in the book of Revelation, right, he comes back on a, on a white horse with that sword coming out of his mouth, which is the word of God. And uh, he's going to take care of business. You know, he don't need uh, two angels to stand there helping him. Well, what are the two angels doing? Well, this doesn't say two angels. He said, I think it says uh, cherubims, which is uh, people believe is a former angel. I understand, but it doesn't say two, but we somehow we, 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 we say two, but it could be more than two because of the, you know, like it's the plural form of cherubim. It's cherubim, so it could be, you know, 100 or whatever. But we, we assume it's two, but where do we get two? Bill, I, I think it's because they're on the same east side of the garden that Adam and Eden were put out at. So, I mean, this is just logical things that, that come to my mind. Like, why are there cherubims helping the word of God? I mean, standing there guarding the way back to the tree of life. You know, these are just logical questions I like to ask. I don't like to just skip over things. When I when I read scripture and I see something that makes me think, I don't just go, well, it's because the church fathers believe that. Well, the church fathers could be wrong for 2,000 years and they might not be revealed to them the truth. So we need to we need to examine it. And like I said, I could be wrong, right? It could be it could be two cherubims that they God wanted to put there for whatever reason, or it could be 10, whatever. But why? You know, my question is why are they there if the word of God is there already protecting the way back? And we know, you know, right, our holy Bible that, that we read, right? This is the word of God, and we know through this is the, the power of salvation. This is the way back. So the word of God is the way back. So where's the cherubims? I don't know. And just think about it, right? Jesus Christ was hung on a, on a wooden cross, right? They call it a tree. Scripture calls it a tree, hung on a tree. The word of God is right here on our scripture. Just think about the comparison, right? And what is the, what are the pages made out of? flesh of a tree right so how do you how do you visualize the the story of adam and eve i mean 
uh, obviously there's a, I've heard some Christians who say there's a powerful teaching to be learned there that's not actually physically literal. And then there's others who actually believe that there was, in fact, a tree and a serpent and all this. How do you, if you had to make me visualize it, what, how would you uh, do your perspective of it? Well, I see scriptures that it's an allegory of what goes on in the man of mind, right? There's a scripture in James, I think it's one uh, fourteen. I believe is the scripture. One fourteen and 15 says that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. That's the allegory of Adam and Eve in the garden right there. Everything's right there. you got the tempter. you got the serpent who's considered Satan and the tempter, right? He's the tempter. you got Eve, who's like a, the, the harlot, the, the woman, the mind, like the carnal mind, uh, described as a harlot in Scripture, whereas Mary would be the, the virgin, the faithful woman. Uh, Eve is the unfaithful woman, right? Like the carnal mind of man. Then you got every man, right? Scripture says every man. Is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. I think it's an allegory of what goes on in minds, men's minds. We know it's ourselves what happens in our mind when we're tempted and we're drawn away by lust. You know, say for instance, you have a, a pornography addiction and you're trying to be a Christian and you struggle with this. I, I could say this because it's something that I've struggled with, right? Uh, I'm tempted, right? I'm tempted by my, I'm tempted. Every man is tempted. I'm tempted. No one's tempted me. I'm, I'm tempted to go into this stuff. I'm drawn away by my own lust. And I'm enticed and I give into it and, and it brings forth sin. Right. So that's how I see it. I see that as being a blueprint for what happened at the garden, the allegory that went on in the garden. Now, I do believe there was a, a real Adam and Eve because Scripture says that Adam was the son of God. So I do believe that it, there was really what was going on. But it, the garden was uh, where they were at the tree of knowledge. It was just it was telling us an allegory of what goes on in every man's mind. And uh, I don't know about you, but whatever Adam did that, that caused the fall, of the original man, I continue that, you know, I've continued that. <laughs> I haven't slacked on that. So that's how I see it. Yeah. I've noticed some people where they say, Oh, why, why do I have to have sin in my life due to something that a, some people did back in ancient times named Adam and Eve. And I've had to remind them that they've done everything that Adam and Eve has done wrong. Even if Adam and Eve never existed, mankind would have repeated the mistake over and over just as they do today. So, I mean, that's how I view it. it oh, yeah. seems we all we all seek this knowledge and we all seek power and we all uh, are tempted to, you know, like you said, uh, do totally something that disobeys God. So that's pretty much what the story means to me. They were given a choice. And they cho they chose something that would lead to free will, and and free will means you can choose against God and His will, right? Amen. So, so as soon as we got the uh, got the choice of either the tree of life, thank you, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that was free will, right? We had a choice to make there, and like all of us, we all have that choice, right? We have that choice when we are old enough to understand uh, what's going on. We have a choice to do something like, say, for instance, when you're young and you steal, you have a choice not to steal or to steal. You, you decide to steal. This is the same choice that Adam had, but in a different manner. And the scripture talks about that, you know, the ones that's, that, that sin, but not after the similitude of Adam, what Adam did, the type of sin he did. We still do it and we still carry through, you know. And, and then we ask, well, who was the serpent in the garden? Well, you know what the serpent told you? He said, uh, the day you eat thereof, you will be like God, knowing good and evil, right? He pointed to Eve and said, well, not pointing, but 
the intention was to Eve that if we eat from this tree of knowledge good and evil, you will be like God. But then later on, when we see in uh, uh, what's called Lucifer, he says, I will be like the most high God. So who is Satan? See, in the garden, he didn't point to himself, to the serpent, and say, you eat that, and you'll help me become God. He pointed to Eve or, you know, her, directed his attention toward Eve and said, you will be like the most high God, knowing good and evil. But yet later on, in, as he's called Lucifer, the serpent, Satan, the devil, he's called Lucifer, and I think it's in the book of, oh, Isaiah, maybe. I, I don't want to be wrong about that, but I, I forgot. But anyways, in that book, he says, I will be like the most high, right? So... Who's Satan? Who really is Satan? And in my opinion, from studying scripture, I believe it's the carnal mind of man. He's a spirit within man. He's not an individual being walking around somewhere with a pitchfork and horns. That's my opinion. Yeah, it does seem like whenever you read in the Bible, it, it gets to a point where mankind, even in the very beginning, always finds themselves in a position where they they want to find themselves equal with God or higher. It, it's like this constant struggle like that. I'm reminded of that with the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that's. I think that's when we have uh, atheists. I mean, you uh, you were uh, consider yourself an atheist. Uh, you know, when you reject God, right? When you have knowledge that there people are saying, "Well, there's a God that created things," and you reject Him. I've always said you make yourself God, right? Of of, of your universe, you make yourself a God. And it's just like Satan, you know, you want to, you want to be God of your own universe. Well, you don't want to tell me, me what to do. For me, I, I was very different than the the usual atheists that you've seen out there. I, I actually was a former Christian. My problem was is that I dealt with the, the worst thing that human beings can possibly deal with. I lost my mother at a young age, oh. and that was too much. I seen my grandmother die from cancer. And I was very angry with God to the point where I decided to force myself to reject and kind of deluded myself into just simply not wanting to believe he even exists anymore. It was just an angry young man who was having a lot of trouble dealing with that kind of stuff. But as I got older and I started to heal up after time, I started realizing that I wasn't being intellectually honest with myself. That I was allowing my anger to persuade me to uh, basically block myself off from certain truths. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, you mean I can see how that, that could easily happen? Yeah, I see. But, like you know, why did God let this happen? Or you know, yeah, that's where I was. It was pretty much why is there suffering? Why did I have to go through that? But I all I didn't have like some chip on my shoulder against Christians. I was more than willing to have conversations and all that. And I wanted to find out. I wanted to believe I actually wanted to believe that, you know, my loved ones had some place to go besides into the ground. But a lot mm -hmm. of atheists aren't like that. Some of them are just arrogant and they want that feeling of being higher or more rational more logical or better than some other group who thinks differently than them that wasn't my my ball game though yeah and then, uh yeah so those those type i believe uh make themselves god and then you know they, they say they, they they evolve from uh beast type animals and they're beasts if that's what you are you're a beast i mean god's god will turn you over to your own desires scripture says right if you keep desiring something you'll that's what you are a beast and when we look at the story, the story of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter four. Uh, he's turned into a beast, right, from all his pride and arrogance. So, uh, you know, in a spiritual element, I mean, you'll actually be a beast. Well, you know, scratch yourself running around. Uh, but 
Yeah, you get your desire. If you want to, if you want to deny God and and think you came from a beast, then well, you are a beast. You know that's the way it is. But I consider myself a man of God and not a beast. So that's how I see things. But but you know I have uh, issues sometimes with life. You know sometimes I'm like this life is terrible. I thought I actually think this life is miserable and terrible. But I, I understand why we're here. It's not here because uh, God wanted us here. It's because of our own lust and sins and all the rest of that stuff. Why we're here in this mess. But I think God promises an end that's uh, no tears, no pain, uh, and whatever else is going to be good. You know, it's, it's going to be good stuff. It's not, a, you know, like a, another trial coming. Once we're through this life, this kind of life, God promises real good things. No more crying, no more pain. Uh, and as far as your loved ones go, I, I believe God. If he says no, no, no crying and pain, then something's going to be taken care of with your loved ones uh, that you might even fear might not be saved. You know, something's going to be taken care of. Uh, like I said, the hope is like when you hear about Noah, who bring his uh, his wife and his three sons and their wives along on the ark, even though none of them were righteous. Scripture doesn't say any of them were righteous or saved, but uh, it was Noah who brought them along. God let them bring them along because of him, right? What he did. So there's hope for your family members. Yeah. One of the things that started bringing me back around, though, is I I started thinking about some weird stuff uh, i'll give you an example if i'm not created by god and i got here naturally why do i even have the ability to mourn why do i even have the ability to have grief if i come from some kind of monkey or some kind of amphibian why do i have the capacity to to find myself in tears and mourn the world whenever I see loss and suffering in the first place. Where did this ability come from? You know, Amen. Th these are the type of questions I started asking myself. And I don't think a lot of, unfortunately, I see a lot of this newer generation of atheists where they don't reflect on themselves. There's just, there's so many things about ourselves, our body and the way our brain and mind works where I mean, you have to be shallow if you don't think, why do I even feel in the first place? Why is this? Why is it that I identify or relate or sympathize unless something was programmed into me to give me that ability? You Amen. see, that's where, that's where I started going, and and people didn't know what to do with me after that. <laughs> I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, those are not... Those are non uh, physical things that can't be measured by science, right? How do you measure grief or uh, compassion or anything like that? It's, it's a spirit. It's just actually a spiritual. It has to be something spiritual. But yet they, they not deny the spiritual aspect of life. They only see the carnal, uh, everything carnal, you know, everything that can be measured by science or I guess observe, touch, whatever. But they don't consider them things that are not, they're obviously here. We obviously experience them, but so what are they? Is it something that's supernatural or uh, or spiritual, right? But they deny that there's such a thing. I think most of them are humanists. Would you say that most atheists are humanists? Well, I, there, there are a lot of them that claim that they claim they were humanists and all that. But I was uh, basically uh, how would I refer to myself? I guess I had kind of dug myself into nihilism for a little while there where I, I tried to say there's no meaning or purpose and all this and yada, yada, yada. But then the more I looked at myself, I remember talking to this Christian one day and he said to me, he goes, do you believe that your mind and your brain have a purpose? And I said, of course, I require it in order to think. And he says, so there is purpose. And I said, well, not in the sense that you're, and I tried arguing with him, but 
he was getting through to me. Some of the stuff that he was pointing out, I was like, that is true. There's a lot of the way all these components and things come together. There's got to be a reason for it. And when you think about what they're talking about, four billion years of evolution and changing, but there's no explanation or any variable in our environment that would make us be like we are. I'll give you an example. Even the evil stuff that you mentioned that people do, even the evil stuff that you tried to fight yourself and struggle away from, such as like temptation. Well, animals, most of the animals in creation, they don't have this temptation where they want to go out and look at strippers and hookers or get on the internet and look at nasty stuff or build a nuke. What, where the hell do we get these ideas from? Where, where do we even get the idea that we got to go out and do something, especially if we're already in a relationship? I mean, there's something going on. It feels as though there's two forces, one of good and another one that drags you away from trying to take in a bad way. And you got to question that. And I don't think a lot of people reflect. That's a good point. I never thought of it in that, in that manner. That's a good uh, point, which you just brought up there. Where does, where does it all come from? And why are we doing stuff like that where animals don't? You know, There's something more to us, obviously, than an animal. There's something more to us that had to be uh, in us uh, through a, a, some type of uh, spiritual way than a, that's an animal that are not made the same way according to Scripture, right? They're made... Uh, they're not made with uh, the emotions and stuff that we have. Uh, I mean, I, I know they say that some of these can experience different emotions. I get it, you know, but not in the way we do, not in the way that we understand things. Like I said, why do we go looking for evil things, you know, beyond what we need to uh, clothe and feed ourselves and stuff? Why do we go beyond that? That's a good point I never considered. Uh, uh, you know, I don't really enjoy uh, arguing with atheists. You know, I actually feel sorry for them nowadays because if you look at them brought up nowadays, they have very little exposure to uh, to the truth of uh, of God unless their parents or somebody in their family will expose it to them. But otherwise, and, and you're not going to hear it. When I was growing up, you would hear about the, uh, at, at least at Christmas time, you would see the Charlie Brown special about the birth of Jesus. Uh, you would have plays at your school about, uh, you know, Bethlehem, the three wise men coming to his birth. You, you, you had an idea that there was something more behind this kind of world. They're taking it all away from kids and replacing it with the alphabet, uh, groups and stuff and believing in their their flags and allegiance to them so uh, these kids are really brainwashed nowadays and i actually feel sorry for them when i, I see them in uh they're like college age or something they're just totally lost to the truth yeah uh, because they've been brainwashed all their life i myself i because i was in the atheist camp for as long as i was uh and i had become very popular as a non-believer i got to hang out with a lot of non-believers and um I don't know how to put this. I, I know from a Christian perspective or somebody who's been Christian for a long time, they they sympathize and they want to save that person's soul. But I there's so many times, I got to tell you, where like I'd be going, there used to be a lot of public chat rooms where you could go in and talk to religious people and people would follow me in and then they'd message me where the Christian couldn't see it and they say, attack them, attack them. And I said, why? I just want to have a conversation. No, get them. You're really good with the Bible. Tear them up. Throw this up at them. Throw this. And I'm like, I'm going to have a conversation. And if they treat me nice, they get nice back. I'm not I'm not here to make somebody feel like crap or embarrass people. And I just could tell there was some kind of like, eh. It started to make me realize there's some kind of darkness. This isn't about rationality and logic. Some of them have a chip on their shoulder and they want to humiliate 
someone who believes in God. So I got a different perspective. I don't, I don't always feel like they're coming at me in purity, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, we just had a thing and I don't you know, I'm part of Proverbs uh, ministries over there. We do our little, everybody gets their little part we play in that. And we just had a, a little bit, I don't know if you want to call it a controversy or whatever, where the atheists that were mockers and you probably know who they are. I'm not going to mention their names, but the ones that were mockers and, you know, looking just to attack and, and uh, discredit us or whatever, a Christian uh, viewpoint. We're like demanding to be on the show, you know, like you, you, you got to let us on. It's only, you know, we don't have to do anything, you know, right? It's our show. It's a Christian show. If we want to do Bible study, we don't have to have you in here mocking us. Uh, so it was, it was a little back and forth with that. And then we had to split with other Christians that said, no, you got to just give in to them, allow, you know. So I understand. And, and my point with that was I was trying to show in their own words on their videos how they're here just to mock. They're looking at the shows just to bring things out. You may say something and they'll bring it out that you think is wrong for you to say. So they're not there to learn, right? If you're there to learn as atheists or, or even be honest and, and be open, not even to learn, I don't mind talking with you. But if you're just there to mock and attack, you know, what, what's the point? Why would you want to be on a show? Go on your own show and do that and, and make fun out of Christians or whatever. See, when I when I even originally referred to myself as an atheist, it wasn't just because of the, the whole sorrow and the grief and all that. But I also, I got this weird idea because back then they had people like, uh, they had these intellectual debates and discussions between theists and non-believers. And I thought that at the time that non-believers were actually truthfully trying to have an intellectual discussion. But then when you start hanging out with the majority of them and you start realizing they're just mean ass people uh, who just don't like church and they want to make people feel like assholes. I was like, wow, where, where is this coming from? Where, where's all this gruesomeness? It's one thing if somebody's giving you a bunch of trash and then you uh, go on the attack mode, but you don't just like plot before you even go into a room and meet someone that you're just going to get them because they wear a certain label. So that really started making me question, am I in the right group? Am I with the right people? Are these really the rational, logical people who want to make the world better? Or are they just another group of asshats who want to look superior over another group? And you see, it's like a, uh, you know, it's, it's like a form of racism, just that they're, they hate Christians and they hate the idea of God. So they'll attack whenever they get a chance. They'll mock. Uh, so what's the point? I mean, like, for instance, I don't go out seeking uh, atheist shows and want to go in there and mock them or attack them. If anything, I might want to say uh, a gospel to them. <laughs> That'd be the most I want to do, right? I don't want to go there and say you're crazy, you're you're silly if you believe you came from a monkey. Yeah, I mean, that's their belief, but that's what it is. But when you seek out Christian shows that you want to come on and do these things, you have issues. You have real issues. It's, it's akin to me of being a racist. You just you just hate Christians in that manner. It's just a different type of hatred, a different type of carnal, fleshly thing. That's all it is. So I have no interest in that with with, with uh, atheists. I don't need to go back and forth. You know, maybe someone Ken Hovind likes to go back and forth, and they mock each other and this and that. I, I, that's not for me, right? It's not what I want to do. I don't think God calls us to do that. He calls us to declare the gospel gospel to the world. If they reject it, then we just go on to the, the next guy and declare it to him. That's all. 
See, that's one thing I've had to work on for years because after getting out, I had a bad taste in my mouth with non-believers. I even had other Christians tell me, Brett, you're a little rough for those non-believers. Because I was talking to this one guy and he goes, he says, so Brett, now that you're a believer, you believe in talking animals. And I said, don't you believe you're an animal? You talk. So what's the problem? You know, you believed you evolved from hell. As far as you know, you probably evolved from a snake as well. You're probably part of the whole serpent thing, right? And uh, boy, that would set people on fire. But they attacked first, you know. But I got to work on that. I got to learn how to be more patient and loving and all that. You seem sure. like you got a lot of joy in you. Sometimes I, I let my inner man get out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we're all, it's all a process, right? Sanctification is a process. It's not like you, you, you say, I believe now and I'm, I'm now I'm all, everything's complete. You know, no, it's a, it's a process you learn, you know, scripture calls us to turn the other cheek, you know, to love our enemy as well. It's, that's not an easy thing to do, right? When people are mocking and, and, and attacking you and accusing you of things, it's not easy to, to love you, but that's what God commands us to do. So, uh, we have to try to do it. And it's not for just because he said it, right? He actually said, scripture says that, while we were yet sinners and God's enemy, right? He died for us. So he, he was a friend to us when he died for us on the cross. And and uh, so he's commanding us to be the same way and, uh, and die well, for us. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I'm sure I probably don't have to remind you of this, but it also does say that if you come upon some people and they're not taking you in or absorbing what you're saying, you basically, uh, you dust your sandals and walk the other direction. Amen. Yeah. Some yeah. Christians, they, they forget about that and they continue to let themselves get beaten on over and over and over again. And there ain't no need for that. We got somebody called B here. All right. Hello, B. How are you doing? Hey, hey. Brett. Hey, Stump in the Earth. Hey, uh, hey, hey. I've, I've talked to you before, Brett. It's just been a while. I'm just playing, I'm just playing some uh, fighting games. You are? What kind of stuff? Mortal Kombat or something? No, I'm a Smash Bros. guy. Oh, I hear you. Nintendo all the way, right? Nah, that's the only Nintendo game I play. <laughs> so have you been listening in while playing your video game? You got any views on the conversation? Nah, I just I just hopped in because I hopped on YouTube. All right, since you guys are gamers, give me give me this for like for my for Christmas I'll get my nine year old a, a, a handheld game. What's the best game to get that's not real expensive? You guys have any like a con like a handheld console or a yeah like something they could play that's almost like a handheld console uh the switch light i think it's a switch what there's like that? a switch there's like a switch light and it's one you can't take the sides off i don't think it's super duper expensive it's almost yeah. for consoles for sure is that Nintendo light that would probably be the Nintendo would probably be the best go way to go as B was talking about because they make yeah. more kid like games. Yeah. If you were to get your kid like a Steam Deck or something or one of these Plus Steam decks are expensive, dude. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of violent games like Grand Theft Auto on the other stuff. So Nintendo's the way to go. Oh yeah. You, you ever play you ever play Grand Theft Auto, Brett? Oh yeah, I played pretty, it all. It's pretty fun. I played it from Vice City to San Andreas and all that stuff. And nowadays, I'm more into open sandbox RPG games like Bethesda. I just can't live without all those bugs in oh, my yeah. life. You've been playing a uh, Starfield, right? Haven't you? Oh yeah, I broadcast some of is it. Is it worth getting? I haven't looked at it yet. It's it's worth waiting until it's twenty dollars, maybe, and then go for it. Mm. Ain't that truth? 
Yeah, let me turn down this for a while. So I'll, I'll just put it to you mind. this way, B. I ended up doing a big old review on it. And I'll tell you this, Todd Howard lied. There's a, It seems like it lacks a lot of things. Morrowind and Oblivion had more going on for it than this game. Really? They really, really oh, downgraded it. That's tragic. Because I, I, I wanted it to be good. Like, I wanted it to be good so bad. Oh, I've been waiting two years for that game. I wanted it with all my heart. It broke my heart whenever I started playing out. <laughs> it was like, terrible. And there's some good stuff to it, but when you played Bethesda games like Skyrim, as long as I have in Fallout 4, it's like, where's all the cool stuff? What happened to my UI? Why is everything so... It's just a lot of dialogue and the fighting. I mean, my goodness, it just there's nothing there. You'll you'll see if you try it out. Play it on the cloud. Costs you nine bucks. You can play every game in the world and try that one out too. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Huh? Maybe I will. Um, I don't know. The only way I've been playing Skyrim the past couple months, I've been doing it. I get my character to the max level, you know, get all the perks and whatnot, and then just start over. Yeah, I have a problem with like to start over and do a different build and all that. I'm like, yeah, my goodness. Yeah. The problem is your cow is just a brick for a while. I hope I'm not doesn't... putting you to sleep over there, Stump. I notice if I talk about World of Warcraft with people, they instantly go to sleep. Um, I'm, just, I'm just not a gamer. It's okay. You guys talk about long... it. Wasn't that the, uh, the system that you had to uh, get a better system for, Brett, or something? You were, you were telling me on one show. Or you played it on a... Kind of what you said. Well, something about that you having trouble with one of the systems, weren't you playing that game? Is that the same one you talked about? Oh, on the system, I was able to play Fallout 4 and Skyrim on my computer, and I prefer playing games on my computer, especially yeah, when it comes too. to mods. But it's just I, so I, easy. Yeah, whenever it comes to Starfield, that's something you have to have a really serious, serious right computer for. Yeah. You know why, don't you? It's not because the game is actually new generation like they claim. It's, it's just because so it's not optimized. Shit. Yeah. Oh, dang. I'm shocked I made that back. I really like the way dang. you got your background set up. I like the setup you got going oh. on there, Mr. Stump. That's pretty cool. And I like your lights oh, you got going on. That's pretty cool. This is just yeah, a Marty Draw here I'm going to go ahead and put Mr. Stump up on the big oh, screen yeah. since he's got the planet behind still. him. He no, looks I'll like he's up. ready for some star field over there with the earth behind I'll him. Duck out. Is, he, is he dropping yeah. in? Yeah, I'll duck out for a minute. <laughs> You're ducking out? Well, I mean, I'll duck out the picture so you can see the moon. I mean, just the earth, by the moon. Mm. Earth. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been a gamer. I used to play a long time ago, but that was back when, what, who was this? Uh, uh, what's the name of them guys used to be popular on uh, uh, uh like oh Sonic the Hedgehog that I that was like what in the 80s or 90s? I don't know when that was. Think so, yeah. That's the last time I played video games in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. If, if y'all need me to turn if y'all can hear my game audio, just tell me and I'll turn it down. Well I, think it's picking it up I, I don't time. hear the game at all, but there is kind of a there's some like clicking noises and all that. There oh that's just of... my controller. It's just me slamming my sticks. <laughs> so uh Brett, you had a video game you played on your one of your streams. Was that which one was that you were showing? That was uh the last thing I broadcasted was Starfield and 
I played probably about four hours of that. I broke it up into spots and put it up on my channel. And eh, I liked a little bit of it, but there was just so much that I noticed that was not in the game. And uh, it's kind of a drag. Was that the one where you were in uh, different rooms and stuff with a person? I, I saw a bit of it. <laughs> yeah. How do I explain this? When you're playing a game like Skyrim or Fallout, you're given goals that make you feel like you're important, like you're doing something big. One of the first quests you run into on the Starfield game is this girl asks you if you can go get her coffee because she's tired. And I'm <laughs> like, are you serious? This is my game? You're telling me to go get coffee? You know, and, and stuff like that. What What is that all about? Instead uh, of being a world-dominating wizard, you're an errand boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're being asked. Most of the quests, they, they they claim that it's like the biggest city a game has ever made, and all they're asking you to do is go get me some ingredients for this, or go get me. And I'm like, where's the part where I like become the dragonborn and just start like going crazy? What 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 is this? Getting coffee? What am I a secretary now? <laughs> Maybe you get promoted from secretary to admiral. You never know. <laughs> so what was that game based in was it in a in under earth or was i thought it was like a space game or something like that. okay so it's a space game basically the story goes like this at some point in time scientists were trying to create the ability for us to go out in space while doing so they created an unstable technology that destroys the atmosphere of earth and people are forced to colonize the universe it's your job eventually, after getting coffee for people and ingredients, to go out into space and try to help out the colonies and become a part of like a space military. It sounds neat on the surface until you find yourself going and getting people's coffee. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, I used to I used to enjoy playing uh what was it? Was it called Tomb Raider with Laura Croft? I think that was the name of it. You guys remember that game from the eighties? <laughs> Oh, they still, got, they still got different versions of it nowadays. It's called Tomb Raider with Lara Croft. Yeah, yeah, that was the game. I used to actually enjoy it because it was like, uh, you know, doing tasks and exploring different parts of the world. I thought that was pretty cool. This type of thing I enjoy. No, I don't think I ever enjoy space games myself if I played them. I'm not into well, sci-fi like that. It's not just, uh, it's it's not about just going out into the void of space. You you visit worlds all over solar systems. You actually can go down on the planet, and then you'll see different creatures. You can mine. You can pick flowers and create things and all that. That That's the idea, that you actually get to explore and do things like that. But unfortunately, some of the things they tell you to do in the game are stale and kind of repetitive. That's the problem. Sort of like a Star Trek type thing, right? Like Star Trek going out into the universe. And... Yeah. Yeah, you build your own ship the way you want to. They even got religions in the game. They've got the religion that believes in God, and they even have an atheist religion called the Enlightened. And the Christians are called the Universalist or something like that. Eh, kind of, uh, kind of realistic where you got these groups out nowadays in real life who... They kind of believe in there's truth everywhere out there kind of thing. But Christians, unfortunately, are part of that group and all that. It's like all the religions in the world came together and became the universalist thing. It's oh, weird. Wow. 
Yeah, it's, it, it sounds like it's really in-depth. You know, that's the kind of stuff they advertise. But when you actually get into the game, it's like, uh, that could have been a lot more false advertisement. So what was the claim? It was supposed to be the biggest what now? The biggest place you could go different places without boundaries? Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, that was the idea. That's what they told us, that we would have unparalleled, no limitations. You go where you want. But it didn't turn out to be that way. Because apparently, if you go out into the dark void of space, a lot of planets are dead. Sometimes you'll go to, you could go to 100 planets and it doesn't have nothing on it. So, I mean, you could imagine that after a while, that at first it'd be like, wow, I landed on a new planet and there's all these like rocks and neat stuff, that yada, yada, yada. But then you're like, okay, so where's everything at now? <laughs> Right. It would have to almost be like a real-time creation because how would you have that? I mean, I don't even see how that could be possible. It definitely, uh, it definitely reminded me of something I've talked about with non-believers called the Fermi paradox. Have you ever heard of that? No. Well, the Fermi paradox is basically this: if everything came into existence naturally, <laughs> and there's no God and everything comes into existence through abiogenesis and evolution, then why is the universe in our real, in reality, so lonely? Why aren't we seeing more, you know, uh, sentient beings in other worlds? Yeah. They, they claim, scientists claim there's over a billion planets, yet we ain't got a telephone call from anything or anybody. Yeah. Why? That's the Fermi paradox. Yeah. Is that Enrico Fermi, or is that some other Fermi? That's just that's pretty much what it's called. It's basically oh. an argument against if evolution is true, then why aren't we seeing creatures evolving on other planets? I mean, we literally can't. You, we've got telescopes where we can literally, you know, see a pimple on Roseanne Barr's bottom, yeah. but we can't even we can't see a fish or even a bug on any of these other planets. Why? Where are they? Right. You would think that something else would have uh, produced the uh, exact. Well, it just shows how exact this world is, right? It has to be exactly the same, the right distance from the sun, not too close to the moon because we have tides and other things, and you have to have water around it, and you have to have a rain cycle. So, I mean, there's so many things that have to be all in conjunction. It would be too many coincidences that have to be happening to. That's have why. Water. That's why the fine-tuning argument is so effective whenever debating naturalists or non-believers because. They're, it's basically they're saying that if gravity were just off by a, a decimeter, this entire universe wouldn't work. It just it wouldn't function. Everything has to be set. Everything has to have some function or purpose to it, or it wouldn't it wouldn't work. So you're right. Fine tuning argument's a great argument in complexity. It's so much common sense. I don't know how you deny common sense. I mean. All these different systems you see in the world, and nobody created the systems, but yet they use computers that have operating system. I'm playing a video game right now that's has systems, right? That has to control things. And what do you call us? Uh, I think our friend uh, uh, Rex would say, or Grayson say that there's a simulation. I mean, you can at least understand that there's something going on. Somebody's in control of it. It's not just random chances of nature. Couldn't yeah. Be. If uh, I don't know if you ever looked into this, but 
even though we can't see it with the naked <laughs> eye, they say that we have a shielding around the earth. And because of the way the sun is and the moon and the way they're positioned, they actually protect our earth and keep our oceans going the way they are. If our moon were to disappear, that would be uh, a cataclysm and a half for us. So you're right. It's absolutely fine-tuned. If anything was off just a little bit, according to even the atheist Stephen Hawking who died, we are not, we are like a mathematical impossibility to me by definition. That's a miracle. Ah, I see my buddy John's here. What you up to there, guy? Hey, what's happening, Brett? How's your night going? I'm just chilling. I've been checking you out on Rumble. You've been really getting on to that thing. I've been noticing more and more people from YouTube are going over there, especially Pat Kendall. So hopefully we get some bigger people over there that'll start filling up because I got to be honest with you. Every time I upload a video to YouTube, I'm wondering if I'm broke, breaking some kind of taboo or, or am I breaking the law of culture or something? Am I going to be gone today? That's that's the attitude. You don't really feel unfeathered like your creativity can really come out. Yeah, I always feel the pressure to censor myself and to, you know, hold things back on YouTube. You know, did I say, you know, like you just said, like, did I say something wrong? Was it, you know, inappropriate? Is someone hurt someone's feelings? Someone's triggered? You know, on Rumble, you can, you, you get some slime once in a while, but for the most part, you do, you know, it's uh, people leave you alone and you don't have to worry, but at least you don't have to worry about the corporation itself, right? I mean, the people is one thing, but the, the, the platform allows you to express yourself, so so how's everything how's your radio how's the website doing brad how's everything well i was going to add a little bit more to what you were saying too i noticed something today check this out mr stump and john um i noticed something today i i think a lot of youtubers make the mistake of even though there's a terms of service and community guidelines and they got all these vague ass rules so they can trump up some charges on you to get rid of you i think it confuses a lot of us right we see these big videos that have millions of views on them. Like I watched a video today. Somebody told me, you ought to watch this. I had no idea what I was looking at. And it was a video where a guy literally walks up to people out in public and squeezes this thing in his pocket that makes it sound like he just diarrheaed it in his underwear. He goes out in public, walks up to people and just farts right there in front of everybody and all that, laughs about it, and then walks off. And, they, and YouTube thinks that's great. They recommend it. They feature it. Million views. But if you say something politically off, suddenly you're a danger. But it's okay to walk up on people and fart right in their face, though. What do you think about that, John? Yeah, it's, it's goofy. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, YouTube needs priorities. I, well, I, I mean let's be honest they have their priorities and and they have their agenda and they and they basically make it clear that they don't want conservative uh, conservatives on their platform they don't want christians on their platform they don't want uh, religious on their platform that's uh, that's their agenda and the rules change every day it's you know what makes it even even more confusing brett is you could say things one day and then the next day it's it's changed like today now you know youtube is allowing of uh, what what they didn't allow for the past two years was y you couldn't say anything about the election now they're saying you could talk about the election 
So which is it? One day you can, one day you can't. I mean, it's just, it's really stupid. It, it really is. I mean, Hillary can go around still to this day claiming that the Russians helped Donald Trump steal her election, but you can't say for the other side. So which is it? We have the most uh, the most honest elections in the world, or we don't? It, 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 you can't have it both ways, right? So oh, exactly. YouTube really has to make up their mind. See, Mr. Stump, one of the big things that really kills me and John on all this is you could be doing just fine. You could go on for two years making every bit of content you want, every genre, talk about whatever you want. But three years down the line, you might be doing really well. And then suddenly culture changes and things become offensive that weren't once offensive. And they go back to your older videos where everything was fine and cake you for something you might have done three years ago or said. It's a it's a damn, I, I swear, it's like another layer of hell. You know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the, uh, the new uh, uh, platform for expressing views is the Internet and what would happen in 2020 and all that, you're almost forced to be on here if you want to have discussions about different viewpoints. And this is censorship. I understand it's private companies. I get all that. But it's still a place where people go to express their, their viewpoints. And, and so you have censorship. Now, I might not be against the law, uh, but or your right to free speech, but it's still censorship. And they censor certain things. Like you said, uh, you could lose your channel over something you posted five years ago that was absolutely po uh, perfect. But then you have, you see some people, you can't talk about the, uh, the, uh, the uh the virus that went around you know and and other people can talk about it freely they don't get censored i mean so what's going on what's happening something something's happening some agenda then there isn't there laws passed somewhere in europe or somewhere about what the internet can and can do and who they have to uh they have to take down if they say take it down if the government of that country says take it down there's something going on i can't remember what it was somewhere in oh there's europe, there's tons Canada. of countries like that yeah, I mean Canada, Canada. I mean Canada. If you misgender someone, you can you can get fined. The United Kingdom, you can be put in prison for for using the wrong pronoun. Germany, you can go to prison for using the wrong image. You know, uh, you know, there's tons of stuff like that. You know, France, if you offend Muslims, you can you know go to prison too. And it's it's silly. And 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 YouTube bends over backwards for those things. You know, it's it's what's that's what's sad. You know, it's YouTube will cater to the to some, uh, you know, certain groups of people, but then others, they they won't do it. You know, they they'll they'll they will they'll go against them instead of going for them. And, you know and it, worse, though, go ahead, yeah. Brett. You know, it's even worse about all this, especially on the whole identity politics. Check this out, Stump. Yeah. I mean, even if we were to all just lay down our hands and say, all right, we'll go along with whatever bullshit game they come up with or whatever delusion someone believes in, even if you do go along with it, I've seen countless times where not every one of these people want to actually make themselves appear like the gender that they believe. So you can have some person walk up to you with a total beard and mustache, and it's obvious that they're a guy, but if you say, hey, do you know, it's like, oh, $500,000 fine. Wait a minute. See, if you look at Blair White, that's actually passing. You might actually think that's a woman that you see. Right. But some of these people, they don't dress up. They don't put on the makeup. They just have a full-blown beard. They look like they just got out of a truck stop. You don't know what the hell you're walking at. And you say, hey, dude, next thing you know, you get your ass whipped. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah. So what is that fascism? What is that? Where you have to believe what they want want you to believe, otherwise you're you're punished by the by the law, by force, right? When they punish you with the law, it's force. They can put you in prison and the rest of that. Even fining is force to me. They can do that with their pen because because uh, you don't believe what they believe. You have to. Isn't that odd, though? Just 10 years ago, these same asshats were sitting up on YouTube and social media saying, oh, the reason why we don't like religion is because we don't want it pushed on to us. Oh, but as long as it's something you're into and you like, it's okay for you to slam it in our face and fine us and chop off our damn head over it. Well, how about that? Isn't that ironic? Yeah, that's the... That's the, the Colonel Mind, you know, that's the Colonel Man. They like they love being that. They like to be right, but you're wrong. You know, they, they don't want you to be racist against somebody, for instance, but it's okay for them to be racist against certain cultures. You know, they make up things such as uh, well, you you can't be racist because you're the minority. Come on. <laughs> that doesn't even make a logical sense. So, you know, it's that's that's the minor man. They like to be uh get one up on you any way they can. Everything's racist nowadays, too, Mr. Stump. Just by having a white Snow White, somehow we're we're bastards for that. The Pokemon's too light-colored. I mean, they are literally... It's just going way too far. I just feel like hanging myself in the coat closet sometime. You know what I mean, John? No, I get you. It's sad. I mean, you know, some things are changing. I think a lot of people are waking up to it i think you know um you see this you know around the world you see nationalism kind of rising because i think a lot of people see that it kind of ties into together the corporate the corporatism and the authoritarianism and the globalism they, they people are putting it together now how like every corporation has the same message you know how, how, why is it that all these multi-billion dollar corporations have the same message they have the same agenda they have they all go by the WEF, uh, the World Economic Forum, the G20 Summit, all these th different things. These people, these elite people, they have an agenda. They come up with it, a formula, and then they implement it with their corporations and their power. And people are waking up. I think a lot of people understand that now. And, um, you know, and, ho and uh, hopefully, you know, America, you know, we're doing pretty bad with Biden. But, you know, maybe things will get better. I don't know. Are you hopeful, Brett? Uh, or stomp no. or be about the future tomorrow i don't know no i i believe that the reason why they're they're hitting so hard with the whole trans movement and the lgbt is i think the democrats think our liberals think these are the only groups of people who will even bother voting on them so what they're doing is they're doing the same thing they did with the black community and latinos a while back where they claimed they cared and they wanted to help and do all this for a good minute they were talking all kinds of craze but we didn't see anything actually happen they got their vote they got their power they got in and once they did they didn't do a damn thing to fulfill any of their promises and i think they're just using whoever they they want and i think that's also one of the big reasons why they're letting all these folks in from other countries they figure we need new sheep these americans they got us figured out they know we're assholes and we're just manipulating and they figure get some more people in here and, and we'll do it that way. That's what I think. Yeah, that's true to some degree, Brad. But then you, you realize when you, when you actually talk to some of these people, like like all the migrants from some South, South America, most the majority of these people are devout Catholics, devout conservatives. When you actually look at their, like when you actually talk to them about what they believe, these, these are hardcore Catholics. 
So it, it goes, it, you know, it goes actually against, you know, their LGBT, what, whatever mouthful agenda and all that and abortion and, and all this stuff. Now they do kind of get pushed into it on the, on the left because they think, okay, come to America, we'll give you everything. You know, they vote Democrat. But once they find out what it's all about, I've noticed that they, they, they change their attitude quite, frank, quite, quite fast, actually. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time when people wake up. It's just people have to be informed. People have to actually read what's actually going on. And, 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 be, and I know p politics sucks. It's boring. Religion's boring. But it's, it's, you, you need it. You need to understand what's going on or else you're just going to – heads in the sand and, and someone's going to come up behind you and whack you, Brett. You know, oh, I agree with you, but as Stump pointed out earlier, because he, he was talking about his, his career as a cop in the past, nowadays they're flooding people into the police stations and have them sleep on the floor. Whether you're Catholic or Christian or atheist or whatever your deal is, when you're in that type of position where you're on a damn cold concrete floor and you don't know when your next meal's coming, when people are sitting on TV talking about how much they care about you and want to do all this, you start thinking, well, maybe I ought to vote them. So I think that's what they're counting on. It's the manipulation. What do you think, Stump? Am I right or am I full of shit? Uh, I have bad news. I actually think it's worse. I think I think that, you know, when 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 an army comes and conquers somebody, right, the first thing you do, and you see this in Scripture, they'll, they'll replace the people. They'll bring other people in uh, to replace you because they don't want you, you know, united to be able to fight back against them. I think that's part of it. Uh, if you looked in New York City when they had the immigrants, right here in Chicago, uh, most of our immigrants here, what I could tell uh, by living here is that they're from South America, right, or, or Mexico. Uh, in New York City, you'll see they're from Africa. I mean, and, and I'm not just saying that by what they look like, right? The, the news media will say, well, these came from this and such country. So how did they get to the southern border? Someone tell me. Because the countries are shipping in there. Yeah. And then you see where they're advertising South America for them to come up here, right? There's like advertisement. They'll, they'll, they say it openly. The immigrants will tell you, the reporter, yeah, there was advertisement in, in Venezuela to come to America. They put them on trains. They bring them up here. So when you're when you're conquered, and I think this, uh, what happened in 2020 and what went on with all that nonsense where they had us like cattle and uh, a beast that were uh, muzzled and all that and closing everything down and telling you where you can go and you can't go and all your liberties taken from you. I think that was the... Uh, a part where we lost as, as common people. And this is happening all over the world. I have friends in Greece that say it's the same thing. All the immigrants are being brought into these countries in uh, Western, all the Western countries, right? And because we've been conquered and they're replaced us now, now comes the pillaging and the. Yeah, the and, and, and it goes alongside with taking away your Second Amendment rights so you can't even fight back. So it, yeah. it, it, it two, two for one, you know, two for the price of one on that. Yeah, and you're, look, look, all these stores are leaving the places. There's no, you're going to be forced to shop online, basically, at least in the cities like Chicago, where they're all leaving because of the thefts and everything. The, and all the these people, it's, it's like 80, 90% all 20 year old men, 18, 19, 20 year old men. There's no women, there's no children. You see some women, see some. but it's not. It's nothing compared to, to, to thousands and thousands of young men. And John, you don't know who these women and children are. You don't know if they're there being slaves, sex slaves, or what. You just know that they're there. Nobody knows who these people are or anything. What's going on with these Absolutely, children? Absolutely, yeah. It's all, it's all, and they're all in cahoots. The Republicans help them bring them up here. They push them further into the country. I know they're saying, well, we got to get them out of sanctuary. See, it's all a plot. They're all working together. 
I, I actually think that you know the people have been conquered. That's that's my my opinion. That could be wrong. That's the way I see it. Yeah, so what, no, you're right. John, what's your, uh, John, what's your spiritual opinion on all this stuff? I mean, me and Stump, we've kind of got to the point where this seems like markers for the end time end times deal. This is going along with a lot of prophecies and predictions. Where are you at on that? What about you, B, if you're not too in, absorbed into that game? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I never really thought of myself as someone who believed in end times, but uh, it, it definitely seems like, you know, we're coming to the end, end of the line. This is the last stop before we get to Albuquerque. You know, this is, this is it. Um, it, it's, I know, you know, I'm only 36 and I, I, you know, I always thought of, you know, you know, kind of like, Ooh, you're, you're out there when you, <laughs> you believe in end time, but it's like, oh, you know, once you see it, you see it, you know, you can't, you can't undo it. Um, it's, I think it's bad. I think it's, it's just, it's just, just to the point where, you know, the United States is going to be hit on all sides. We're going to, we're in for it. I mean, Biden's talking about another hundred million dollars to Ukraine and he's going to fund Palestine and, and support Israel at the same time. I mean, it's just, it's wacky. It's just a, it's just a upside down world and, and things are just so chaotic that you just see it just going to fall apart. It just, rough. and we're what right in the you, middle Mr. of it. What about you, Mr. B? You've been sitting there kind of quietly. What's up? Can you, can you say the question again? Sorry. Ed. Not very focused. Well, if you're if you're involved with something else and everything like that, nah, nah, please. I mean, that's the, that's the way to do it is to come into a live chat and just sit there <laughs> playing video games. I me, mean, shit. Well, let's take care of that. Let me get you on to what you're interested in. Then, sheesh. Hey, help the help the brother out, Brett. You're such a humanitarian. You know that. Well, I'm not trying to be rude, but if you're just gonna come in and play, you know, Sonic the damn Hedgehog or Pokemon while we're talking, and you ain't even paying attention, then it's a waste of time. B, you're obviously more interested in your video game than a conversation. So, I mean, just go play your video game, and we're gonna let let the adults talk for a little bit. So, John, are, are, if I can ask you, are you a believer in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ or not? I'm a Muslim. Oh, well, you're a believer in something. That's better than not believing anything. Yeah, I guess so. I, um, you know, I, uh, I have a really interesting story. It's really too long to really sit down and chit-chat about. But, uh, you know, I... I wasn't really religious when I was younger. I didn't really believe in really much when I was younger. Brett can tell you I was kind of like a real sourpuss. wasn't ne ne not necessarily an atheist, but I wasn't really uh wasn't really into the God thing. And then when I got older, I I started being more devout and being religious and trying to really get right with God. You know, to use a Christian term, you know, get right with God and. Trying to do the right thing and then, you know, do the, you know, um, you know, it's difficult, you know, it really, it's not, you know, it's not easy, you know, to, to, to do the right thing at the right time. You know, it's, that's why God gave us the laws, you know, that, you know, if, if doing the commandments was easy, then what would be the point of God giving us, you know, rules to live by, you know, if obviously, you know, if, if, if we didn't have free will, if we were just robots, you know, we can have an excuse, 
but uh, that's also it's a double-edged sword because you know at the same time you can't you gotta you know how do you juggle the two right you know how do you do what's right and and not uh fall into that trap you know yeah, yeah, yeah definitely we're carnal beings or we're in carnal bodies and it's carnal earth but uh yeah the way i understand is that you know when you want to keep god's commandments from a christian point of view and my point of view is particularly you know, it's it's not because you're trying to work your way into heaven. I think some people may say Muslims believe that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to disparage your religion. I don't know a lot about it. But uh, for me, it's it's about love, right? It's keep his commandments because uh, Jesus says himself, "If you love me, keep my commandments." So if you keep his commandments, it's about love. It's not about works. It's about showing your love for God, who, who of course loved you, because we believe Jesus died on the cross. I know Muslims have a different view, but we believe he died on the cross. Well, we were yet sinners, right? We were like his enemies to reconcile us back to God. So it's an act of love for a Christian like myself to try to keep up and not have a life of sin. Let's put it that way. Right. That's, that's what I believe. Yeah, I dig it. I mean, you know, it is, you know, that's your, you know, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I used to have like a real, you know, I, you know, fought against the message, you know, you know, it's, you know, I help, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've helped people, um, you know, find their way out of Christianity, and you know, I I do believe that it. it's it's idol worship. I mean, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll be upfront with you. You know, because Christians are idolaters. They're coffers. Um, they, tell me, tell me why you say that we're idolaters? Because Jesus Christ was a man. Uh, well, that's part of it. I mean, that's that's the pagan part of it, but um, also the fact that it, I think it's also a different God um you know sure, so yeah, it's a different definitely. god and that it's a you know half man you know kind of like her you know kind of like greek mythology hey zeus is no different than zeus you oh, know? I get you. yeah i get you connecting that yeah i've heard that before all right but so allah's not the same god as, as uh the god we worshiped in we're saying there's two different guys yeah, i i mean i'm i'm not a, like i was trying to like you know like i was just saying i'm not as hardcore about it as i used to be so I've kind of like eased up about it, you know, because I, you know, like I think everyone's trying their best, you know. I don't think Christians are deliberately. How do I put this? Like, I think I think everyone is just, in it, you know, I like to think of people as being innocent and just, you know, they're doing the right thing because they believe that they're doing the right thing. So like, someone says they believe in God and and they say they're the one true God. Okay. I just take it at face value, right? You say you're a believer, you say you believe in God. Okay, you know that's the I, I, that's the full stop for me. I I don't push it anymore, but but my religion does say that you know it's you know certain things. You know what I'm saying? There's certain tenets and certain beliefs within the system that you can't really get away from. But me personally, you know, I don't I don't. I just, I just, it just, we got too much fighting going on in the world where I, you know, little things like that, you know, is Allah and Jesus and Yahweh and who, which God is God and what name do we call him? I think that's just at this point in, in the, in, in time, it's just petty. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. I get you. Yeah. But there's yeah. no reason why adults can't discuss it. I mean, uh, but, but if your religion has a, sure, thing like, sure. you know, uh, unbelievers should be killed or something, that's a, that's a whole nother subject. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you, right? Uh, I'll declare God to you, and if you decide that Allah's God, or uh, say 
like uh, one of our friends thinks that there's a female oh god i mean okay amen to you uh it's not up to me to, to if to, it's up to god in my opinion you know in my view to draw you anyways it's not up to me i just declare his word to you and if you decide something else amen somebody's going to be right there's only going to be one right so uh you know I'll just say good luck. You know, that's all I can say. Yeah, uh, I think the la I think I also like labels that. are silly too. You know, because I mean, if you take the label of like what the word Jew means, Jew means uh, Yahudi means someone who acknowledges that there's God, right? So isn't aren't we all Yahudi then if we acknowledge that there's God? And Christian means to be like Christ. You know, so you know, aren't we all like Christ? Then, if we finally, like you said, to love God with all your heart and all your might and all your soul, if you love me, you would do the commandments. So that's being Christ-like. And Muslim means to submit to God. So don't we all submit to God if if we're doing His will and we're trying to follow the commandments? Isn't that submission? So really, you know, at the end of the day, we're all Jews, Christians, and Muslims by definition. But we want to fight about little things. Well, Muslim means you wear a a, 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 a head wrap and a Jew means you wear a little yarmulke and a Christian means you, you know, you, you wear a cross around you. What are you fight? What are we arguing about really clothing and, and things that we wear? Come on, God. I mean, like we got, you know, better things to do, you know, that's how right. I get it. Now. Yeah, I, I get saying, but I, I think it goes a little deeper than that. I mean, because like if, if Muslims believe that uh, Allah just has no son, right. And, and then we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that we will be sons of God. There's a, a quite a bit of a of distance there to to cross, but that don't mean we have to be enemies of each other. You know, I've I've talked to many uh, Muslims on the street. I'd go on the street and do a little street with uh, Christian would call street preaching, you know, and I've talked to them without having issues or anger or you know, we talk friendly about things because in the end, it's it's just a personal choice. And as long as you don't think you have to do any type of violence to me because of what I believe, then I'm, I'm fine with everybody believing what they want, right? I have no problem with anybody believing anything they want as long as it doesn't commit violence against me or my family or i'm good with it I'm hey guys good. i i have returned and uh my wife she's saying it's in a little while she's gonna be wanting to go to bed and unfortunately i have my setup in my bedroom so i probably end up having to shut it down that's why i usually do things at 7 p.m but I, I do find some fascinating things like I, uh, John knows this. I've actually read the Quran and I've also looked into Judaism and used to watch some of his videos whenever he was teaching some stuff. And uh, I'd say probably a few weeks ago, I actually went into a, like a live chat room with some Muslims and they were telling me that they have great deal of respect for Jesus, but they don't believe that he was anything more than a prophet Amen. and then i and then i asked him a question i said uh if he was nothing more than a prophet would you say that he was more special than muhammad or was he below muhammad and they and he said well you know muhammad was important for this this and that and i said but muhammad according to, hold on a second but Muhammad, according to the Quran, wasn't born through a virgin or through immaculate conception. The Quran actually says Jesus was, and that it's Jesus who will return in the end, just like the Bible says. And I said, that sounds like he's a lot more than just a prophet if he was born of a virgin. Can you explain that? One of the other right, things. Yeah, and Islam, I mean, Islam, Islam believes the same thing Christians. What, what Christianity and Islam is pr pretty much the same thing. I mean, you know, Islam teaches that the world's going to end and Jesus is going to come back and Jesus is going to kill all the non-believers and he's going to reign. I mean, that's pretty much straightforward. And, you know, the rapture happens and, 
you know, that stuff. That's Islam. I mean, Islam teaches that as well. That, uh, well, you you know that John, you, yeah. You and I know that, but so yeah, you're you're like, right. Technically, Jesus is on a higher platform than Muhammad. That's true. Yeah, but when I bring it up with them, I mean, they they claim to be well versed in their own book and all that, and then you bring that up. Another thing they like to argue with me about too, Stump and John, is they said, uh, "So do you believe that God actually came down as a man and all this?" Why does God need to do this? And I said, well, in your book, it says that God spoke to Moses through a burning bush, just like the Old Testament says. Did he really need to speak through a flame or a fire? And then, the, you know, that goes right out the window, the argument they gave. Because, I mean, according I mean, to we don't really know why God does what he does, right? I mean, can we really know the mind of God and why he does that? But I do want to speak on that, uh, though. Um, that is an interesting point. I think people miscon misconceive uh, Islam on that because um, Muhammad, the, the only the only reason why the Prophet Muhammad is an important in Islam is because he gave us the Quran. Um, it, it's kind of like the, it, it's it's a little sw it's switched in Islam. In Christianity, you have the Bible and you have Jesus. And it, the Bible doesn't really have importance in Christianity. It really, really doesn't really have really much of a, it, they don't rely on, the yeah, Bible is important, but it's not like a, a, a foundational thing. You know, what the foundational thing of Christianity is that Jesus is your Lord and Savior who died for your sins. That's the most important thing in Christianity, right? That's the pinnacle top point of Christianity. Jesus is your Lord and Savior who died for your sins. He went to hell for three days, resurrected, came back, et cetera, et cetera. And he will come back again. Islam, it's it's switched around. It, it, the Quran is the most important thing. The, the message is the most important thing, not necessarily the prophets or or the other things that 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 Christianity would rely on. So, yeah. so prophets don't really have an important. It, the message is the salvation. The the most important thing in Islam is the salvation is, is the message of salvation. There's a God. God wants you to be saved, and God wants you to get on the boat. There's a boat like Noah's boat, and he wants you to be on it when the flood comes. That's the message of Islam. Are yeah, you going to be on the God, boat or you're not going to be on the boat? The thing that gets to me, though, is, is how the Quran actually spells it out for him about how important and significant Jesus is. One of their only one of their big arguments against Christians, the, the big thing is they don't believe he was crucified. Yet in their book, it does go on to say that Jesus went up into heaven and will return to come back. Can it not be seen that he's not more than just some kind of guy, some kind of teacher or prophet? It's obvious there was divinity there. And even well, in their own book, it says that, you know? Well, that's, I, that, well, that's not divinity. That's just the characteristics of the Messiah. I mean... He's the king of kings. I mean, he's going to reign for a thousand years. I mean, that. I think that just uh, that doesn't mean he's supernatural in any way. If I guess, I mean, if you want to call it supernatural, I guess. That is supernatural if you're flying into the sky and you're returning into the atmosphere to take out non-believers. It, it doesn't get any more supernatural than that, does it, Stump? Amen. But uh, what I'd like to say to... The Jesus Christ is definitely the, the rock and the foundation of the Christian faith, but Scripture says that He's the He's the Word of God made flesh. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. It's just one and the same thing. There's no, there's no separating the two. He is the Word of God made flesh. 
So, uh, you know, you may you may hear from a Catholic or something that he's a person of the third person of the Trinity. I don't believe that. I believe he's the word of God made flesh, just like Scripture says. So you can't separate the word of God, the Holy Bible from Jesus Christ. You know, it's two aspects of, the, of, of who Jesus Christ is. So, yeah, that's what I believe about it. Well, that's pretty much where I'm at on there. What do you got for us, John? I am listening. You know, I love you, and I love hearing your thoughts and opinions on things. But I'm kind of in the same uh, same camp as Stumper in a lot of this stuff. Okay, man, I'm mute. Uh, yeah, you know, I got to get going too, Brad. Uh, it, was, it was good talking to you all. I don't, I don't mind discussing things like that. If you uh, get a chance to discuss again, I'll, I'll definitely be back and discuss some things and. Well, remember what I told you. You can email me. I got my email and the links and all that. If you uh, if you feel like you got a good lesson or something, something that you could talk about for an hour or more, let yeah. me know, and I'll be more than happy to get something going. Because nice. me, whenever I do this stuff, I don't like plan out what I'm going to talk about. I, everything I had to say, I say it during the week, and I figure, okay, if I open live and people want to talk to me about the different topics or bring up something new to me, that's how I'll do it. I kind of yeah. treat the shows like a chat room. But if there's people who want to be more organized and they want to say, hey, it's God TV, let's talk about this issue with God and all this, I'm all up for it. I'm just waiting for people to, you know, say, hey, Let's do it, you know. Sounds good. Sounds like a good proposition. I think I'll take you up on that as soon as I uh, come up with something. Uh, I'd like to have something on your show that was really different and interesting that might uh, not be the standard Christian fair, you know, something a little different. I'd like to come out with something different. Not for the sake of being and different. Remember but out there, folks, remember anybody that's listening or will listen later on, if you decide you want to come on the show and talk about things, you should know by now by listening to guys like me and Stump whether we agree with you or not, we're not going to try to humiliate you or embarrass you like they do on Atheist Podcast. We want to hear why you think the way you do. And if possible, we'll try to correct you if we think we're wrong. But we're not going to hate on you or give you any kind of shiz in that. Just to let you know. So don't be having anxiety. Come on in and chat with us. That kind of thing. It's all love here. Hey, man. And, Brad, I want to ask you before I go... Uh... If I was to take a clip of, of this thing and play it on my own channel or something, would that be okay with you? And Anytime give credit course, you're involved in any of the shows, I consider it your property as well. In fact, I encourage people in my video that if you've got StreamYards, you can stream to your own channel at the same time. If you don't, then just copy the entire video or whatever you like of it and put it on your YouTube channel. Make parts. Okay. Take nice. the whole damn thing. Hey Amen. I, of course, give credit back to you for the full links so people can come check out your show as well i mean but yeah that'd be nice i'd probably do that but i think there we have good conversations go. you know yeah i've enjoyed myself uh, uh so i'll say good night to both you guys and i'll, I'll speak with you soon though. all right all right god bless take care god bless